to tell you the honest to God truth, uh, nothing will probably stop me from playing video games. And that's Rings just who I is. And if you don't like it, then fuck you. It is episode two zero one of the TryGames.net podcast in the year two zero one one. Uh, it is January fifteenth. It is one forty p.m. But that doesn't matter because you're probably not going to hear this until next Friday, and that's kind of okay. Uh, I am your host Austin, and with me on the TryGames.net podcast, as usual, are the two hot, sexy ladies, Al. Yeah, I'm hot and sexy. Pete. Uh, yo, I don't have Irish cider this week, but I do have Dr. Pepper and s'mores Pop-Tarts. S'mores Pop-Tarts? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you make s'mores out of the Pop-Tarts? Or no. Or no, no. No, there are s'mores. Why? Wow. I, I buy, there's s'mores, there's cookies and creams, there's chocolate chip cookie dough. They make fucking great flavors now, because Pop-Tarts usually suck. But these that is ones are awesome. nuts. Yeah, Pop-Tarts wow. are awesome now. Yeah. They sound less awesome to me, because I feel like I would, like, have a sugar crash and then die. If I ate a pop tart today, I I started disliking pop tarts when they uh put that frosting on the top and shit, and then you put them in the toaster and they come out all goopy and. Ugh. Oh, I don't toast these shits. I just eat them. Oh, yeah, okay. I microwave them for like fifteen seconds uh, to get the inside warm. Man, I like the old classic ones. Where, get the inside warm. Ha! <laughs> I like the old classic ones, which are just fruit and bread. Oh, I hate those. Fruit sucks. Fruit's good. You know why? Because then you can eat all the candy you want after you eat fruit because you feel better about yourself. I just eat all the but candy I want anyway. Would <laughs> you say, Al? You'd have even more sugar than you would yeah. if you just had the fruit or candy alone. But that's what makes it feel so good. Mm-hmm. The double sugar. Until you get in your 40s. For <laughs> 40s. Well, we're all a long way away from that, right? Right? No. Right? No. Oh, no. Oh. Pete is. No. Um... But uh, we'll, we'll have a short episode today. I think we're all tired out from the epic that was our 200th celebration. Uh, but we are going to go with what we've been playing as usual. Uh, we have a great Twitter question. I think it's great. I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a good question from Will at GamingTheMedia.com, um, uh, which is a website and podcast where they talk about the gaming media, not games, although they do talk about games as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, the question is, let's start off with that. Uh, the question is, had there been a time when you seriously considered giving up gaming altogether? Because I've hit times when I felt like they were the cartoons of my youth, and it was more a habit than anything. Uh, and I, I, I think just for me personally, it was a pretty interesting question. I don't know about you folks, but I'll let you two fight it out to see who starts, unless you want me to start, and I can start. Or you can fight me to see who starts, but I don't really want to fight, which means that you would start. So go. Fight! So Wait. it was the summer of 85. <laughs> I was a young man in It was the pants. summer of 85. I was five years old. No, I Actually, should... I would have been three years old. <laughs> I was four, not five. I was turning five. You were turning five. You were old, man. Wait, um, how can you guys be turning? Are you guys over 30? Uh, uh, I, in months, I am. Al is currently nearing that over 30. I am currently nearing So you would have been four, Al. No. I am you were 30. born in 81, right? He was born in 80. No, I was born in 80. Wait, man, my math sucks. How is it that I'm 
29. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. I don't his, care. Because his birthday's in the summer and mine's in the summer and yours is earlier in the year. So you are probably older, older than more of your school. Someone period. draw me a timeline. Okay, what year were you split born? off of when the DeLorean disappeared or something? Anyway. Well, first you uh, gotta get a fucks capacitor and then, alright, go ahead. So let's go back to the actual question. Yes. And not discuss our birthdays and ages. When I was Pete, I anyway. stopped gaming. So, okay, I'll just answer seriously. Uh, there okay. were, I, I did give up gaming for a while in my youth. Um, I don't remember what happened, like, cause you know, like, when I was really young, my father was way into gaming. Uh, like, this was back when I was, like, you know, in, like, or, like, when I was, like, you know, two to, like, I don't know, some age after that. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, my father was really into gaming and he, like, would, uh, you know, buy the consoles or whatever, or, like, he had, like, an Amiga or Com- and Commodore and, like, all those things, so, like, you know, played games because of him. Um, and then, I don't know, what caused me to stop gaming for a while? I guess, like, maybe I just actually was trying to be an active kid and going out and playing sports or, like, just hanging out with friends. And I got really into, like, uh, like, I guess not, not just the athletic stuff, but, like, the more geeky stuff. I got way into, like, tabletop gaming and magic and things like that. So, like, video gaming kind of took a back seat as I, like, would go do those other activities. And then, um, you got some sun. Got some sun, but I also got some dank basement darkness because i mean i was Pimples. doing, doing <laughs> role-playing groups as well so that's so. a perfect balance both extremes and yeah. in the middle yeah pretty much um, darkness. <laughs> and then uh and then i i'm pretty sure what got me back into it from that was uh like hanging out with friends who started playing counter-strike a lot and that's okay. really what pushed me back into it because like that's what I hooked me back into PC gaming specifically, and then uh, I mean I was playing other games too at that time. It's not like I like I wasn't playing anything, you know. I played Final Fantasies when they came out and stuff. Um, but you didn't make like a like a habit out of searching after games and playing games. It was just like, oh, I'm playing my tabletop games, I'm playing sports, and oh, hey, look, Final Fantasy, I'll go play that. Yeah, like okay, definitely not to where you know it was. Yeah, Steam anyway, sale. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then there was obviously another time when uh. I've had girlfriends who did not like gaming, not, and like, I've totally just, just like, were like, "Why do you do that?" Yeah, kinda. And I'd be like, "There, there were some times in my life when I was like, well, I love this person, so maybe I'll stop gaming for them.' And you know, now I'm glad I didn't. So, ah, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sports did you? Uh, this is curiosity. What sports did you play? I mean, I was really little, so I played like little league, and I sucked at it. Um, I. Don't think I. I don't know if I ever like actually all little league sports like baseball. I'm sorry, yeah, little or, league to me is baseball. I don't. Okay. I don't I little league. Just yeah, is, yeah. No, you're you're um, right. I just I just associate that with like small people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sucked at it. Like, could never like really hit the ball or catch the ball or you know the baseball or anything like that. And I just played. I think like right field or left field and just stood out there and yeah. stared around and didn't do much. Um, and I played basketball and sucked at that. Um, so I will yeah. teach you the ways of basketball. No, no, I'm no, <laughs> never interested in sports anymore. Like, that was my time. Like, I had my time. I realized this is not for me. And so that was it. This is, this is your choice to get into it, though? Uh, yeah, like, it wasn't my parents forcing me into it. Right. I mean, it was like, yeah, my friends are doing it. I'll, I'll try it out. And I realized that I sucked and didn't, wasn't having much fun. So uh, I stopped doing it. <laughs> all right, that's a shame. Um, and then, and then it was really Counter-Strike that got you back into the habit. Um, yeah, definitely. Counter-Strike is what, hooked me full force back into gaming would you would you say that like your friends also kind of followed that same arc or did you kind of like change friends and when i say change friends i don't mean you were like 
fuck these friends. I'm, you know, but I mean, just no, like, I know what you mean. Gradually, yeah, definitely... you know, you just started like migrating. It was like, oh, you know, uh, I'm, I actually am ending up hanging out with these other people now. I was definitely the type of kid who floated between groups. Gotcha. Um, so like, I like had friends from all different walks of life. And I mean, there was a time when I like had friends that were like specifically like not, Okay, not only friends were specifically jocks, but I would hung out with a lot of guys who like were on like in high school and stuff, like were on the football team and stuff. Right. So like, you know, like doing that, they're more into going out and you know, I don't know, hitting on girls, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, depending on who I was hanging out with, but uh, it's hard to answer this question because I, I don't really. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> You're like I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail about other stuff in my life. Sure. No, no, no. I, that, and that's not the point of the question, but yeah, it, it's, that's it's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like I answered the question and now I'm just going right. into like the history of Pete. <laughs> well, no, because I, I think that, um, well, at least from my perspective, I think that, that, that that's a, a great way to, to answer that question because that's, I mean, the spirit of the question is like, well, what, what would make somebody do that? You know, if they are such into their, so into their hobby now, what other, forces for lack of a better word out there are so strong to make them want to do that um but al do, do you want to go or do you want me to go first i i have no i don't give a crap either way to tell you the honest god truth uh nothing will probably stop me from playing video games Roar! and that's just who i is and if you don't like it then fuck you fuck you <laughs> but that's so, what i like to do there well, was yeah ne- i definitely feel that way now <laughs> there was never a time where you were like and not for not for anyone else. But no, just- not even for myself. I that's why I am. I do all this shit. Like I play games. I play guitar. I fix computers. I watch football. I right. sometimes, occasionally, watch basketball. I watch movies. I try and go out and have a good time and dance and shit. Uh, right. Although I don't really don't do that that much anymore. Um, what else do I fucking do? I do other computer shit. Uh, I, I want to try and do something advanced in some area, but, you know, I juggle all those things at once because I don't want to lose any part of that. I think that being able to do all that stuff is a part of my personality. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly think it's an interesting question. I, I, um, I hear people on gaming podcasts say, uh, that they've uh, they left gaming for a while, and usually the reasons simply are, well. So Brian Leahy from uh, Weekend Confirmed, which is a which is a Shack News podcast run by Garnett Lee, who used to be at One Up. Um, he used to do uh, One Up Yours, <clears throat> and Brian Leahy said, and I don't know if anyone is familiar with him. He used to be with uh, I think G Four. Um, he used to write for them, and his reasoning, like like. He had similar reasons, like you know, oh, like I do other stuff, and like when I was in college or, or before I was in college or whatever, I just it just kind of like, um, you know, it just kind of fell off for a bit. Uh, and then he like he drops this. He's like, also, I wanted a social life, and he kind of says it in this kind of like halfway um, condescending but yet self-deprecating way that like you know he knows he's not literally saying like, oh, gaming is like for for pale people in the basement. He was just you know joking when he said that, but yeah, that's just tabletop fair. gaming. Um, but like that's a very kind of that's the stigma i think that you know i shouldn't even say i think like it's totally associated with this hobby still um and so when he asked the question that's always the like whenever anybody asks that type of question of did you ever want to stop gaming or why do you play games or 
huh, uh, I don't know much about them. I was never into them. Tell me about them. The, old, the, the first thing that always comes to mind is, oh, this person or these people or whoever's listening in without perspective will probably think like, oh, this shit is for, you know, social outcasts. Um, and people should go read a book instead, which, you know, th- there's something to be said for reading a book if the book is like, you know, educational. Yeah. People should read those books instead. But when, when you come to tell me, like, you should read Jane Eyre instead of playing Bioshock, I come back and I tell you, what's the difference? You know, what is the difference between learning about a piece of literature from that era and understanding what society was about as opposed to playing a game that teaches you about a certain, um, that, te- that, that basically doesn't teach you about it, but like that uses objectivism heavily in its story. And therefore, if you have kind of a stake in it, like maybe you learn a little bit about different perspectives, or maybe you learn about the, the way that, you know, people ran, would run a society if they were given a certain amount of power. Like, it's like you, you can still learn stuff from this. It's just what you choose to do, you know? And so, like, I, I will say that the reason why I'm bringing this all up is that, um, there, there, there is definitely social pressure that I felt to, uh, to not play games and not in a shame sense, but more in a, I do feel that I'm missing out on learning different things by spending this time in this game. And honestly, like that, that's true. It is true. Any time that we spend on one thing is time taken out of another. Uh, but I don't, I, I fail to see that as a bad thing at this juncture. Um, if you do, if you, if you manage it like Al does, you know, you, like, like you just said, you put so many things on your plate because you are well-rounded. Um, I like to think that I do the same thing, but I, I've, I've actually in recent years, um, despite my purchasing habits, um, I, I definitely think that like the past few months for me has been a little bit of a resurgence because like throughout the year, like I'm always the one sitting here going like, well, I'm not playing anything new. Right. I played some shit on DS that I was playing for a year. Oh, I reopened that game because, you know, I played it already and I know it and I just kind of need something to fall asleep to, uh, because I'm busy at work. Uh, I want to go out. Uh, I want to try to read, which hasn't been a success. Um, <laughs> the two most recent books that I bought on Kindle, uh, on the Kindle app were about video games. Um, nice. One of them was, uh, Atari, uh, about Atari. It was, called, it was called Racing the Beam where it goes into all the technological and business hurdles that Atari developers went through. And the other one was Stephen Kent's A History of Video Games. So there you go. <laughs> but, Excellent. Uh, to actually, but it was reading. It is reading. Um, and like, it, just like, like, like I, some of the books that I read are um, like, I read The Jordan Rules, which was about Michael Jordan. And you, you, some people would ask, why don't you read something more enlightening? And like my counterattack is... The Jordan Rules is a fantastic book on how to manage people and how to manage personalities. And me being a project manager for my job, that helps a lot. You know, mm-hmm. you're managing the biggest ego in sports. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's all into perspective. It goes back to the whole Bioshock thing. Um, but again, like that social pressure is there. And also when, when people, uh, don't really get it and it's, it's more trouble to explain and argue about it than it's worth. You know, you kind of stop caring. It's not like it's not like it's a fight that I want to fight because I don't care that much about what other people think. Mm. I just, I, I just am glad that I, you know, I'm just glad that like for people like us, we, we, you know, we play games, but we have a, an appreciation of them that goes past just like, dude, I just blew his head off. That's kind of awesome, you know. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like when you know, if you have little like to converse with with your friends, 
then that kind of sucks. So in order to have stuff to converse with with your friends, you go out and you do other things. And to do other things, you spend less time with games. Um, I, 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 I guess to directly answer the question, um, there have been multiple times, multiple times where I've thought, I need to just sell all this stuff and stop playing games. Because, like, first of all, I barely play 10% of what I own anyway. So that says something about the fact that I do a gaming podcast every week with you guys. And I have very little to say about new shit that's out. And most of my stuff to say is about the industry or about the people who are in it rather than the games themselves. And I'm like, this is too much money that I'm spending. It makes no sense. I need to sell this shit. Um, and the other thing is, it's that it's like sometimes when I'm feeling like a little tired or whatever, like I want to just go home and play a game. And then I end up playing it and I go to sleep at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I'm getting old, so why don't I just sleep instead? <laughs> you know, and that takes it, it's it, it is, you know, a health that is when it becomes a health concern is when you can't control your own desire to, you know, do or do or play something. But to be honest with you, if I stopped playing games, I'd probably just watch 30 Rock on Netflix instead. So that that's the reason why that reasoning always fails with me. It's just like, well, if I wasn't playing a game, I'd be reading or trying to be doing something else i'm doing something else instead so it's not that's not the reason to stop playing games and then like i look at my stack of games and i'm just like you know what this is money that i already did spend i really need to get down and actually at least play some of this to make use of it and then it comes down to the fact that when i start playing again it's just like this isn't sorry for all those people who out there who disagree with what i'm about to say but to me this is the this is a modern art and i have an appreciation for it so I don't see a reason why I should stop my appreciation for it, you know, just like anybody else would take time on a Sunday to go to the museum, which I haven't done in a while, and I did like doing that. Like, like I like to appreciate what these people create. Um, but yeah, the answer is yes, multiple times, and the, the least of which was a social reason, but that was still there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the social reason is always there, but it's never gotten me to think that, whereas those other two reasons have gotten me to actively think about it and then the social thing kind of comes into play. Um, I, uh, I've, my friends outside of you guys have all kind of evolved into, at the very, very least, quasi gamers in that, like, they have a geekery mentality. You know, they identify <laughs> geekery. They, they, they identify more with this stuff, you know, and that's because, like, um, okay, so my friends growing up on high school to, to kind of go through the same route that you did, Pete. Um, like my one friend Chris, Al, Al, you know these people. Like Chris, mm-hmm. he was on the football team, uh, and he he was he's a huge sports fan. We like we go at each other's throats daily on email about basketball. Like we want to kill each other because we disagree so harshly about basketball all all this time. Um, and there's one time like out in high school, you know, and I did not know this about him. I walked like I, I was giving him something or he was giving me something, and like my Final Fantasy Legend cartridge for the Game Boy slipped out of my bag, and I went to pick it up. He's like, "Hold, hold, hold on, let me see that." And I was like, "Oh, here it comes." And he saw that. He was like, "This is a classic. Can I borrow this from you?" I played this like a couple of years ago, and I can't find. Them. I'm like, "Oh shit, okay." And so then we started talking about that too. So it was kind of like a hidden kind of like, yeah, I, it's one of those things where when you go to PAX, you know you're around these people that have that same level of interest as you do in this medium. But, you know, you don't know that that exists outside of PAX. Like, I could be walking down the street and, like, go into a bar and, like, the person next to me could be, like, a huge fan of Mass Effect, 
but he would, you were gonna say Mass Effect. <laughs> well, that's because I'm playing it right now. I know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like you Wait, don't know right that. now, or <laughs> no, not right now. But you know what I mean. Like you don't know that about a person, right. Unless you're in that setting, and it's like that. That that's kind of what high school is like for me. Ron, who works for that gaming PR firm, who has been on the podcast uh, once, I yeah, once. Um, the same way, like we would be talking about basketball all the time and hip hop and music, and then like. One day we got into this heated argument on the subway home about Genesis versus SNES. And I was like, dude, I had no idea you were as into this as I was. Cool. You know? And then like all three of us found out that like, you know, me, Chris and Ron, like they, they he, he, Chris and Ron have like these epic Madden battles. So it's like, all right, Madden is sports. But then they would also go into like these, these like hour long conversations about the best way to fight a battle in Final Fantasy Tactics, which I hadn't even played yet. So it's just like, wow, you guys are even deeper than I am. I have no clue what you are talking about. Um, so it, it, you know, it kind of grows like that. Um, of course, there's there, there's a frequent friend of the podcast, uh, once frequent mail writer, but no longer writes mail. If you're listening, Gideon, uh, <laughs> uh, another friend from high school who, again, I knew through playing basketball um, and through some classes, but then he was just like an avid game head, and I'm like, wow, I had no idea all these people like played so many games. Um, my college roommates. My freshman year, actually, like, they kind of were the ones who ended up dropping in a little bit. Um, and in sophomore year, though, when I moved in with new roommates, like, this, this one sweet made him, I was like, dude, let's pull our money together and get a Dreamcast. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board. So whatever kind of fluctuation I might have had at that point went away. And it was already kind of still, like, active because, Al, that's around the time that I really got to know you. Um, mm-hmm. and when you were like, I imported a Dreamcast, we're playing it after work. And I'm like, uh, uh you know, so I, you know, throughout the multiple times that I've thought about, you know, ending games, it wasn't ever because of people. It was just because of other things. Um, and right now, I think I, I'm finding a great balance now that I have this kick-ass gaming laptop. Um, like, I'm able to... Whose phone? What song? Let me hear it. I just heard uh, that. Too late. It's, uh, That's a sound the, from something. I know that yeah, sound. But you're not going to find out, because I'm just going to tell you. Um, Wait. It's... It's... <laughs> race, not, race. It's before your time. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's it's the um, stage select screen from Mega Man Three. It's my. Oh, uh, someone was calling me, but I, I can't answer it because I'm. Currently... You know, you can't just play your ringtone again. You didn't have to like. You could just like. Oh well, it. they were still calling. I just muted the. Yeah, the it was. Yeah, it was still like. No, I didn't want to ignore the call. Right. But you should have given us a chance to figure out what it was. <laughs> I know. I was actually in the middle of typing something because I'm multitasking. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm multitasking I'm, too. Are both hands on the keyboard, guys? Come on, come on, behave, <laughs> behave. Um, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like doing three things at once. One of which I think is done. So good. Actually, four things, including the podcast. So there, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it's like now that I have this laptop, like I can play a game like Mass Effect when I'm at work in the hotel because what I would do at the hotel, I watch TV, I play a DS game that I already played two years ago, I go, <laughs> I, I go to the gym for about an hour and a half, and then I go to sleep, right? So instead of watching a TV show that I'm kind of not into or playing a DS game that I played like two years ago already, like Final Fantasy IV, um, why don't I play Mass Effect? And then like when I'm home, I have the weekend to hang out with people, go drinking, go, you know, go, go cooking go cooking i stay at home and cook you know just do stuff and i don't have to be playing games all the time but i'll still get that time in so you know i don't know i i think it's it's a matter of just being well-rounded and like like al said if they don't like your habit well fuck them like it what are you into you like shopping all the time or you like uh 
playing beer pong all the time <clears throat> or you watch football all the time, great. That's something that you enjoy. That doesn't make it better than what we do, you know? Um, exactly. I mean, but I, I will say, though, that I, I, at the risk of alienating some people, and I apologize if I do, I, I really don't think that the stigma associated with it is helped at all by the people who propagate that stigma. And there are a lot of people out there that oh, yeah. propagate the stigma. And it's like, that doesn't help. Like, it, there's so many, I'm not even going to go into archetypes because there's so many out there, but like, when you think about the typical gaming nerd, like, and when I say typical, I should say stereotypical. I'm sorry, the stereotypical, like, ignorant person's view on the gaming nerd. You know, they think, like, oh, this guy is either really, really fat or really, really skinny, and he stays in his basement and he lives with, a, he lives in the attic with his dad or his mom. Um, and, and <laughs> lives he, in the attic with his dad. <laughs> yeah, and lives, they both I, live in the attic. I, yeah, and the mom lives in the main house. But, um, you know, he, he, he or she is, it doesn't care about his hygiene. Uh, all the people he meets is online, you know, and it's like that stereotype doesn't apply. Hey, I met you guys online. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you know, and and why is that such a bad thing? You know, if if you you meet people and you you know nurture a relationship into something that you know is an actual like relationship, a friendship, an acquaintance ship, I guess you know, but it's like like because of the stigma, because of the people who that's all they do, then then that becomes a bad thing. So it, it, it's it's one of those things where I personally, you know, if you love your hobby, if you love games, that's great. Just be a well-rounded person because, you know, it, it doesn't help to ha- – it, first of all, it doesn't – I don't like that – I may sound like an obnoxious right here. I don't give a shit. I don't like that stigma being p- placed on me or you guys unfairly. Second of all, it's just better for yourself. Like, you will be able to stay awake longer playing games if you are less obese or if you have more muscle mass <laughs> and are more active because you will have more energy. So, like, what better way to stay up for a gaming marathon than to be fit? I mean, I'm sure cyber athletes go through some sort of training. I'm, I'm being facetious here a little bit, but you, you guys get what I'm saying. I hope. Yeah, I am. Like, I know. I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to be like. Oh, you guys are fat, and therefore you guys are gamers. You guys are just nerds. Yeah. Um, and that's also the, all the people who think that games are much worse than books, but all they do is read books in the basement all day. Fuck you guys. Yeah, because you're basically doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. It, so, uh, you're just not playing games. You're not having yeah. a well. You're having a good time, I guess. I hope. Yeah. Re- reading is reading is good fun. I mean, it's 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 also like, fun for mentals. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> but like, unless you're reading Malcolm Gladwell like 24 seven or like self help books or like you know how to how to make it in business or the seven healthy habits of that shit, your reading is no no better than ours. Like, if it's fiction, it's fiction. You know, people who. People who go to 24 marathons, which are also awesome. There are no problems yeah. with that. Um, awesome. I don't know how this turned from have you felt like you were going to stop games into me pl- imploring people to play DS while they're on the treadmill. I actually tried doing that once. What? I tried playing DS while I was on the uh, <clears throat> treadmill, decided it wasn't a good idea, and tried playing it on the elliptical machine. And because the game was Etrian Odyssey, it kind of worked for about 10 minutes. And then, like, I realized that. I wasn't paying enough attention to my workout. <laughs> and then I tried to pay more attention to my workout. And at that point, I realized that I really wasn't doing anything on the DS because I was paying attention to my workout. And so I stopped it. Can only do one thing at a time. I tried. Well, it's, it's one of those things where like you are expending like physical energy doing one thing. And so mentally, you're a little bit handicapped, you know? So like I couldn't really focus. Like if I was biking, 
like on a stationary bike and I was playing a DS game, that might be better because, you know, I'm in a sitting position. Mm-hmm. So there's less to, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, sports, basketball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Will, I hope we answered your question. I hope I didn't like turn your question inside out and make it into something that it wasn't, but, um, I probably did anyway. And that's, you know what? That's okay because that just means it was a good question. Sure. We spent a good 20 minutes on it. So great. Any other closing thoughts before we, um, sign off on this and move on to what we've been playing? Actually, make some noise because I'm going to check the mailbag. You're much better making noise than I am, Al. <laughs> Come on, Pete, give it a try. Peer pressure. I was going to say my closing thoughts on this is that, like, you know, uh, especially in relations to girls and stuff, um, no matter, because, like, you know, I'm with a girl now who's, like, way into gaming, uh, and we have, like, so much in common that it's not a problem. But if for some reason I, like, I were to ever be with somebody else who hated gaming, like, I just, I wouldn't deal with that shit anymore. Right. Be like, uh, you know what? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. I'm sorry, were you done? I don't Well, wanna... I was going to say, like, you know, uh, that, what was I going to say? I don't know. Go ahead, make your point. <laughs> the last thing that you said was, I'm not going to deal with that shit anymore. Yeah, just that, yeah. um, you know, there's so many, uh, so many people out there, like, so many fish in the sea. I'm trying to avoid using cliches. Um, that, uh, when you're young and you're like, I, I doubt we have any, like, really young listeners, but if we were, you know, like, when you're young and, like, in high school and stuff, it's like, oh, well, I really want to be with this person, even though they hate everything I do, so I'm going to change my life for them. And then, as you get older, you realize there's so many pe- other people out there that do have similar interests in you that you can just be yourself and not have to give up the things that you love. Right. And I think, it's. A, I'm glad you brought that up, because I, that was a point that I completely forgot to talk about. Like, and and, and we say girls because, first of all, all three of us are guys, as far as I know, unless there's something <laughs> you guys aren't telling me. And second of all, I think that the stigma is most like like I'm not saying that there are no girl gamers out there, um, but there's a stigma that it's way easier for a girl who plays video games to, to get the guy that she wants than it is for a guy who plays video games to get the girl that she wants. Oh, well, and the, obviously, and the stigma. Well, I, I'm trying to be politically. Sexier, quote unquote. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm trying to be politically correct here. Like I'm saying, there's a stigma because that's all. I, I don't want to make anybody like pee, try to pee on us. Or anything like R. Kelly, but um, who was oh, who was acquitted of that? What on you? Or what on me? On you? Oh, Hershey stain. But um, like I um, I have what's what's the word I want to use? I've encountered people who like are open enough to it that they don't question it. Like um, like the most recent one, like I was like, well, you know, I used to freelance for the games press, and you know. I know it's kind of dorky, and she was like, "No, no, 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 no. That you know, that's something that you do. You know, everyone has something that they do." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." You know, and when it comes down to a girl who you know hates, every, like you said, like you put Pete, hates everything that you do, and you're willing to change yourself to appease that, but she's not willing to lighten up. There's a problem there, and that will spawn more problems. That'll spawn resentment. So, is it really worth it? Is she really that hot? You know. Um, you don't want to do that because then that simply means that, you know, she, there, there, there's like probably a 50 50 chance that she's not that into you anyway anymore because of all of that. And, you know, changing yourself kind of puts you in a position where now you have made yourself subservient in expectations. Like she will expect you to do what she wants you to do. You, do you want to be in that position? No. So if you come across a situation, dead it. You know, it's not worth it. Um, and it's, it's not, ne- you don't necessarily have to be like, oh, well, you know, 
I'm not going to change myself for anybody because sometimes people, you know, have things about themselves that they don't realize they need to change. But it's this is not one of them. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, you know, if you if if you need to change like the way that you interact with people because you do a terrible job, you make people feel like shit because you don't know how to talk to them or like you you just kind of like bury yourself into a corner of silence because you just don't know what to say. Maybe maybe you look at like, you know, I don't know, uh, self-improvement in that area. That's your choice. But like, just be, be just because you place, uh, you happen to play, um, Mario Kart and have fun with it. And she hates that. Well, too bad. You know, you're not getting any more free drinks from me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it boils down to. If you think about it. And, and I think at this point, um, I, I think as you get older, like you, you get to a place where, um, people are either more understanding of that type of stuff. Or you like this is this is what happens. What's happening to me is that you know all the time that I spend gaming, like it fits very nicely into pockets of time that are dedicated to gaming. So like I had I had a recent relationship where like when we went out, we went out. When she wasn't around, I was doing other stuff, and part of that other stuff was playing games. When she was around, I didn't really you know need to play games, right? Because like I had someone to talk to. I had, you know, someone to go to a movie with. And if she happened to ever want to play a game, which she never did, like, great, she's there for that. But it, you know what I mean? It's like when I, I usually get that, that, that desire to play a game or something, mostly when there's nothing else that I really care about doing at that point in time. Because if I cared about doing that other thing, I would end up going and doing it. And I usually do, you know? So it's not, it, it ends up, it kind of ends up working out nicely where I don't have to be like, Oh, I need to to play games less, or she'll feel I'm neglecting her. You know what I mean? It, it's it's like, oh well, I don't feel like playing games right now because, uh, like, like Al, if you came over and we were playing some games, and then we started talking about something else completely unrelated to games, like talking about music or talking about Vuelo Letal, which is on Amazon and Digstation and iTunes right now, go buy it. <coughs> Rock of Fire and Zune and Zune. <laughs> um, and I, uh, Last FM, if you uh, want to add it to your list of groups, nice Spotify. If you happen to use Spotify, so I have no idea what that is, but use it's Spotify. Like Last FM. But yeah, like if you were over, like, and you, you and I both play games. But if we were talking about music, I wouldn't be like, "Yo, let's stop this conversation and play a video game." It's like, no, I, you know, <laughs> like I am enjoying the company of a friend. I'm having a conversation with that person. I don't feel the need to play a game. When that need arises, we'll go do it. We'll go play Gunstar Heroes because, you know, we'll, we'll both eventually have the hankering for that. But, like, for now, it's like everything fits in perfectly. And it's just, you know, again, a part of being well-rounded and, and enjoying, like, the other things in life. Um, but you know what? Despite all the shit that I said about, like, if you're too fat or too skinny or too pale or whatever, if you are happy with what you're doing, fine. Like, just don't, you know, don't don't change that up because... I'm saying that you're fat because, <laughs> because you probably aren't fat. I'm just being annoying because we had a whole We Fit is Calling You Fat podcast a year ago, and that was funny to me. Um, it's funny to me, too. Yeah. Ma- makes it go squish. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so we added about eight minutes set, and that's fine. But um, we are going to take a quick break and then come back with what WoW's been playing. Oops, did I just reveal that? Okay, we'll be right back.
we're going to talk about what we've been playing on this game show called Circleism. All right, I'm being stupid. Uh, obviously, we're back. Uh, we have reached what we've been playing. And in the spirits of keeping this episode short, this will be the ending segment of the podcast. Uh, not like we have any more than two usually anyways, but... Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, I'm going to go first quickly because these folks have a motherload to talk about. As I just went through saying, I usually don't play that much nowadays anyways, except for Mass Effect. Um, so I've been playing more Mass Effect. I think I'm about the 20-hour mark. Uh, how long did you guys spend in that game? Mass Effect? The first, first time I played, probably over 60 hours. Shit! But I mean, oh. I did everything. Oh, like all the planets and all the... Um, yeah, like I and I not just like... You know, I didn't use a guide, so I literally explored like every inch of every planet with the Mako, which was, as you know, but the Mako controls oh fucking my annoying. God, did you get like a medal for that? Like, like did did someone present you with like a a, <laughs> a chocolate and foil because you deserved that? No, I, I didn't get anything. Though. I mean, I, I got you know the I, I was able to get everything off the off every planet, but right. I don't think I don't think there's a specific achievement for like mining all the resources or anything like that. So Fuck, should be, they should like mail you like a chocolate. <laughs> I'm just saying that shit is ridiculous. Anyway, Al, how long did you spend? Uh, I believe I beat. Let me see. Uh, my most recent play, I beat it in 25. By the way. Okay. Uh, um, my first playthrough was 45 hours, mm-hmm. and um, now I'm like probably five or six hours. Not even six hours. I think I'm like four or five hours into my second playthrough uh, with the other character. But that's a fast track game. Like and you're I'm ahead of pace. Doing- well, yeah, I, I'm almost, I'm doing, you've already done this, so I can say, mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing the, uh, peak 15. Okay. With, uh, dealing, like, right now my save is right in front of the VI. Because okay. Because I was, like, in the middle of playing it and I had to stop, so, um, you know, once I do deal with the VI and turn on all the systems and then going into, you know, dealing with the, those motherfuckers in, in Venezia, then I'm just gonna go right on over the first. I don't even think I'm gonna get Liara. Uh, oh wow, if, you totally if, if I can that. skip that, I'm gonna see if I can skip that. Like I want to see. How, I mean, you can skip can it. Break. I can skip it, right? So yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna skip. Wow. It. Yeah, I I'm um, I'll tell you guys where I am right now without going into detail for those who still haven't played the first one. Um, I well, I just finished scanning all the keepers, but <coughs> I am at I I have met up with Captain Anderson in flux and had that conversation and told him. I am not ready yet. Do you, do you guys know where I am now? Yep. Okay. So that's where I am right now, and it's at about the 16, 17 hour mark. And I feel like I feel like I've got like maybe five to t- five to t- a, a long five to a short ten. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I I, should... I don't really remember, but is this? Uh... He's almost to the point of no return. Okay, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Is that's why I said I'm not ready. That part. Yeah. That's why I, I said I'm not ready yet. Um, I'm pretty sure you can tell him you're ready and still do other stuff. Oh, okay, good. You just have to. It's like once you go and get there, then that's when it stops. Okay, but if you get on the Normandy, you still are able to. I'm do stuff. pretty sure. Don't quote okay. me once on it. Actually, but, well, I have multiple system. saves. I have multiple okay. saves, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so once you but, actually go to the planet and actually get started with that part of the game, all the other side quests are done. Gotcha. But yeah, I feel like I'm. <clears throat> I feel like I'm five hours away from the climax, the ending of the game. 10 hours if I decide to go back and do all the side quests, but I think up to this point I've done maybe about 40% of them, like just under half. Um, there are a whole bunch of things that involve Mako that I, I am probably going to end up just ignoring. Like, oh, find all the Solarian artifacts. No. Yeah. Find all it the... Yeah. yeah I, it I just helps you get to 50. 
I was gonna say, like in the playthrough I was just talking about that I beat in twenty five hours, that was doing every side quest except for collection quests. Oh, okay, okay. But that's also because I knew exactly what I was doing with everything, and I just skipped the collection quest. So yeah, like because this is your first Mass Effect playthrough, right? Your yeah. first first. Okay, okay, yeah. I have um, a question, also. Yep. Uh, did you download Bring Down the Sky? I believe that's the free DLC. I did not yet. Uh, I didn't even um, realize it was free. Yeah, that one's free. I think Pinnacle Station is five dollars, but okay. Pinnacle Station is just like a shooting range. Both of them were paid on Xbox. Yeah, but that's Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do believe that Bring Down the Sky is free. Uh, let me just make sure. Bring down. So you're saying I should download that and do it now before the point of no return? Yeah, because it's a it's a nice little um side quest type of thing. Um, yeah, register your Mass Effect PC CD key and get a Mass Effect Bring Down the Sky CD nice. key free. Okay, there you, there you go. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's what I was a little bit worried about. I mean, I wasn't super worried about like finishing the side quests, but there are particular ones that I kind of want to do. Like, I, I want to do that favor for Rex. Um, Shepard. And that that's kind of um, oh, where I'm did going you, with that. Did you get into the situation yet? No, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no, because, yeah, that would have happened before. That are you talking right. about on um, Vermeer? Yes. Yes. Um, I Because my charm was maxed, I oh, handled, you were able to talk him out of it. I handled everything like um I handled everything diplomatically. Um and he let me destroy the thing that he didn't want to be destroyed mm-hmm. and he's cool with it. Yeah, I'm going to probably wind up going the complete opposite direction. With yeah. this, with. <laughs> you know, cuz you know why? Cuz I want him in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> I don't I don't want to end up like like doing whatever it takes and then, like, ending up either, and I don't know what the options are. I'm just hypothesizing, and hopefully this won't spoil it for other people because I'm just hypothesizing. You guys, you can nod, but because no one can see you nod. Um, like, I don't want to end up either sending him off to die by himself because he wants to achieve something or killing him myself, you know? Because as soon, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But, like, <laughs> he kicks ass, and I like him. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, I thought you were going to say something, or? Well, to me. I was uh, going to say something, but you kind of, like, what you just said kind of like hurts my point a little bit, but oh. it's okay. I was going to say that that's like not, it's a, it's an aside and not to be catty, but, uh, that's one thing that I like about us as pot, as a podcast is that we try our best not to spoil stuff that's even like years and years and years old, whereas other podcasts <laughs> yeah. will spoil stuff that is like less than half a year old. <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we talked um, about that last week, didn't we? No, we oh, didn't. no, we didn't. We, we talked, talked about, about that privately. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. What were you listening yo. to? Uh, I'll, I'll just say it. The Giant Bombcast spoiled yeah. something for Mass Effect 2 DLC. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I thought was not like a rude way, just kind of called Ryan Davis out on it. And he seemed to have been a bit rude back to me on Twitter. And he made the point that the DLC was four months old. And so statute of limitations was up, which I think is completely absurd. Well, um, I mean, for an adult. Uh, who doesn't have all the time in the world to play video games, especially some DLC for a game for a long ass game that he might not be into yet, like me, that four months is not like I think that's a very short statute of limitations. Well, yeah, but first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in this way. First of all, it's Ryan Davis, so if you tweet something like a little upset to him, he's definitely going to be catty back to you. Um, the other thing, though, the, the, the most important thing is that 
I mean, as much as like we want to listen to that stuff, like it is the end of the year deliberations and the purpose. No, of this that- wasn't the end of year deliberation. This is two. This was just last oh. week, two weeks out of end of the year. That's what. That's why I said it in the surprise way to tweet on that because I was surprised that it was okay. a spoiler removed from the game of the year discussions. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll again like for for podcasts that are you know kind of big like that. I they they know what their audience is. And in a way, though, that's kind of, of the, sad. That it almost assumes that their audience—they are almost assuming that their audience are kids who have nothing but time on their hands to play these games. Well, no, I mean they—they're well. If you if you go and look at the the and, and this is actually a, a, an interesting thing to talk about in terms of like the culture and the the the, the demographic makeup. <clears throat> like, if you really really look at it closely, like at, at, at the very least, the most active people on there and the ones who kind of like actively care about that podcast openly like i think you and i like listen to it every week but we like i never post a comment on there i never post on the forums but like i, I do scroll through it once in a while and like they are the type of like i was a moderator for GameSpot. those are the type of people that do have the time on their hands and they do play so many games and like even as a moderator i'm like holy shit how do you have so many so many games that you've played but they do it you know they they do um and like i'm not i'm not saying that people should like it, what am I saying? I'm I'm not defending that that like they spoil it. I'm not saying like they should spoil it. Like there is a statute of limitations, but you know sometimes in order to have a meaningful conversation to the audience that's listening and actually put some meaning into what they're talking about, like they have to say something. Like like I was I was trying not to spoil the brotherhood thing for Al, and like like you made a great point. It's like this is going to make no sense. It made no sense because I was like that thing with the yeah. gameplay that you know and like oh, quite <laughs> honestly. Quite honestly, it didn't make sense, but I really wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to discuss that type of impact that that had. But you know, and I could totally understand that. Like, if it, if something needs to be said and can like be slightly skirted around it, but like kind of, you still need to be a little bit explicit. I understand that if it has if it adds value to the conversation or whatever. But I mean, in that particular instance, uh, Jeff Gersman said something that didn't really need to be said, and I know he probably didn't mean to do it to spoiler it. He probably wasn't just thinking; he just said it and. Like, so I'm not like mad at him for saying it or anything like that. I just, it's something that didn't really add value to their conversation that could have easily been cut out or somehow like, like glossed over that, like would have not spoiled it. And it, it, even that in itself, the DLC spoiler wasn't such a big deal. It just now makes me nervous that Ryan Davis feels that four months is an okay time to start spoiling things. I think it is. I actually do think it is. I just don't listen. Like I fast forward, you know, now, now if they are like still, if it if 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 and when I say that I mean podcasters in general. But if podcasters are of the mindset that yeah, four months is statute of limitations is up, and therefore we don't need to be careful. I disagree with that. But I think if they say, dude, it's been four months, so if you don't want to hear this, fast forward to X. Okay, that's another thing. If a spoiler warning, or if I knew that right. they're that Brian Davis felt that four months was an adequate time, then yes, I could skip ahead. But sometimes you don't know that information beforehand, and like. I mean, think about it. Like, that's like someone saying, "Okay, you know, like when Heavy Rain came out, if it came four months later, people just started everywhere just spouting who the killer was because they felt that four months was enough time for somebody to play it." Like, you guys didn't get to Heavy Rain till like who knows when? Did did you both even play? You both played. Yeah, we both beat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but did you get to it within four months of it coming out? I don't remember. I think we got. Yes, he got yep. to it when it first came out. I think I got to it like. Three or or month week, three weeks or a month later. You guys don't count. Well, Um, no, but like I totally understand what you're saying. Not everybody has that time, but again, it's like um, they they're coming from a standpoint where like 
they and, and this is I, I, this is kind of hard to say because we're podcasting right now, but we're we're nowhere near as big as them. We're, we're like we're like a, an in, infinitesimally small percentage of a percentage point of percentage point, you know. So like, but they they you know, I know they make assumptions with the audience that they have, but just in my experience, that assumption is a very safe one, and it kind of sucks for you and me. Um, but like, I don't know. There, there's something. There's something a little bit frustrating as frustrating as it is to hear spoilers sometimes it also is frustrating to kind of feel like someone is reining everything in you can kind of hear it in their voice like again the, the, if Gersman just kind of spouted out something randomly yeah you got to be a little careful there but you know just overall if like do we talk do, do talk it's like dude don't worry about it just say it like at the end of the Ah, oh, I'm doing it again. Pete, I'm just going to be saying it because that's a habitual thing. I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, like, <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they've probably gotten so, and, and these guys are professionals. All right. They have people, you know, tracking and observing and analyzing the type of people who listen to them and watch them. That's their job as media because they have to know what the demographic is. And the overwhelming demographic is probably people who wouldn't care if they spoiled it or because like every time I see like, oh, my God, spoilers like on the Internet, it's always it's almost always the same people. Um, and it's always only a very, very few amount of people, you know, and it's like I kind of feel like, you know, if I don't know, I, I, I people should be more careful. But I also just don't take big gripes with it because, you know, if I'm listening to a gaming podcast, I feel that I should probably be p- playing more stuff than I am. So. I mean, it goes, it goes, it goes both ways. Um, but you should totally, you should totally continue to harass him so that he goes blocked. No, I'm, I just let it go. I'm like, I'm trying to be mature about it. So, yeah. Um, but if it wasn't for Vinny Caravella, I would just stop listening to the giant bomb cast altogether. Really? <laughs> yeah. He, like, I mean, I like Jeff. Jeff's a, like, interesting person to, like, uh, like, follow and stuff. But Vinny Caravella is the only really entertaining person I feel on that team. Oh, I'm, like, not, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a slight to Vinny. Uh, I I think he's fantastic. I'm just saying that like I think the conversations that they end up having are important. You know, I think I think they're what they say is important to hear if you care about the industry. If you don't, you don't. But that's why I listen to it. Yeah, I mean, they can have important conversations. I'm just saying, like as an entertainment medium, like uh, or to get entertainment value out of it. Like, I mean, I can get I can get just as in depth, interesting conversations from other places. But like, like us, if I'm looking for entertainment, like. Vinny's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, enough about them. So, Mass Effect, you're enjoying it, right? Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is that what we were talking about? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm continuing to enjoy I still, like, I still abhor whenever they make you use the Mako, like on Vermeer. I'm like, really? Just let me, like, scout this place out myself. I don't want to be in this fucking car. But they design it around. I just, I, I hate the way it controls. Uh, don't worry, you got more Mako ahead of you. <laughs> I hate the way it controls the Wazdi. I hate the 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 combat with it. It's so boring. Like the only thing that's fun about it is when I decide to fuck around and just be like, you know what? I'm gonna climb this mountain and then just fall off because you know what? It'll land on its feet again. You know that's the only thing that's fun about it. Um, and I guess watching it like fall and tumble is, is fun too. But I, I I'm I'm so glad to hear that they got rid of it in Mass Effect 2. And and just a tangent about the spoilers on Giant Bombcast. Like actually listening to the game of the year. Um, best downloadable expansion and like actually trying to avert my ears but still being way interested in what they had to say about um, the what was that 
content that one from Mass Effect Two. Not the one, but that they were talking about the one with Mortis Shit. in it. Oh, I don't. Uh, Shadow Broker is one of them. Shadow that, Broker, that's and then the one they t- spoiled. Yeah, and then them um, talking about Mortis, um, and what he did. You mean Morden? You mean Morden? Is it Morden? I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. talking Mortis about Mortis is a was a WCW wrestler. <laughs> but you know, listening to them talk about what they did and what he did and like how he, like his characterization, I'm like, fuck, I got it spoiled. But you know, if it hadn't been for that, I might not be so keen on playing Mass Effect now. I might not be, you know what I mean? Like, I was encouraged to play it because I got it spoiled. And like, if I never like listened to it, I might have been like, oh, I'll play Mass Effect in two years and never gotten to it. So in a way, I'm glad I got it spoiled. Um, but anyway, back to the actual game. I um, yeah, I try to handle everything like as diplomatically as possible. Because then I end up getting, like, I feel like I get more shit. You probably do. And when I say more shit, I kind of, I, I'm also talking about in, inside. Like, I'm like, do you I, guys- I feel more fulfilled that I'm able to, you know, somewhat satisfy everyone while still getting my way. As opposed to being like, I'm going to get my way, but I'm going to shoot you to do it. And I, about- I kind of get satisfaction out of that. I'm about to launch us into another topic, maybe. But do you guys feel that in, like, any games where there's moral choices, that you always get the better benefit in the end of choosing the good path over the bad path. Um, are, are you asking, should it be that way or no? Do you guys feel, cause I, I feel that way. Like whenever I play a game, like, cause like they're like Bioshock for instance, or whatever, you know, like, uh, should you, I take off my headphones? Oh, should, yeah, we haven't really finished it. I mean, I never beat it, but I just know from hearing that like, like, Okay, I, I'm, I should, I'm okay with these. I'll take off my headphones. That's fine. I'm not going to say specifics. I'm just going to say that I know you supposedly get better benefits in the long if run you, of if you, if you save them instead of yeah, as opposed to harvest them. Gotcha. Like oh. that's the whole point. Is harvest is a quick thing, quick gain then, but saving is supposed to get you a larger gain in the end. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll have to answer that when I get there because I hate them bitches and I harvest <laughs> them for my own personal satisfaction. <laughs> I hate but yeah, bitches. like. I mean, I'm playing Fallout 3. I'm having the similar kind of feelings, you know, uh, Mass Effect, you know, definitely like you feel, I just feel like in general, like you seem to get better benefits when you're a good character, even though they give you the morality choices. And like, I feel like that, that, that does happen. And then that, and also that that shouldn't happen. I, uh, I do get that feeling and I, I disagree. I think it should happen because what ends up happening most of the time as at least in my experience, is that doing the right thing is more difficult when you're playing Deus Ex. See, that's the wrong. That's different for me though, because it, it is incredibly difficult for me to have to, to ever choose a bad choice. Like just morally within myself, like I feel well, bad. That's more, but that's morally. And what I'm saying is that like most people, and this is this is just based on like how I see people play games, uh, like friends of mine. And so this is only anecdotal. Uh, I don't I don't mean to turn this into a study, which it's not. But like. I get the feeling that, like, most people, that's why most people play Call of Fucking Duty, so they can shoot people. And most people, with, when given the choice, will go for the bigger gun, will go for the easier way out because it's more fun. And that's why they play games. Whereas to you and me, Pete, like, sometimes it is more fun to do the right thing. Um, <clears throat> but, like, like so, so let me bring an example. Like, Deus Ex, okay, they say, don't shoot anybody. Like, these guys... Like one 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 person's like, you shouldn't shoot these people. Like like you try to resolve it peacefully, and someone else is like, dude, they're terrorists. Take them down. Like defend yourself. And as I'm playing the game, it's incredibly hard to sneak by them, to tase them, to just to to um nightstick them into submission because it's always easier and faster to kill them. It's more satisfying. 
I get faster results. I get to my goal easier. I shouldn't say easier as in terms of like, you know, like morally, but just in terms of like, dude, I need to get something done. And it works. It just works better. Um, but you are rewarded, you know, by, by, um, your weapons dealer in, you know, in, in Yanatko in the headquarters who is like a, a, like a, like a veteran soldier. And he's like, you, you know, you need to, you need to exercise some restraint sometimes. You can't go around killing somebody. And so when I go up to him, he's like, all right, you've shown me that you're trustworthy and that you can rein yourself in. Here's a weapon that I wouldn't have given you otherwise. And yeah, I think that if like, you know, if you go willy nilly, like you don't get that weapon, but hey, you were able to more efficiently accomplish that mission. You know, some people hate stealth and it's like, it's fine. Like you don't get the weapon from him, but then someone else out there gives you something else that is of benefit. Maybe not as, as beneficial as a weapon, but you still get something and you had the pleasure of taking down some motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So I think that like at this point, kind of like morality when, you know, I do get the feeling that you kind of do get better stuff when you do the right thing, but then is it really better? Is it necessarily better in the end? Does it make up for the fact that you had to go through certain more difficult things? Now, in Mass Effect, <sighs> Mass Effect is different because I maxed out my charm, and so it wasn't difficult at all. It was more on the level of, now I have a dialogue choice, and I'm going to choose it. You know, mm -hmm. um, That's pretty much what I did my first playthrough, and now I'm trying to do it with Renegade, and right. you know, when I get a dialogue choice, I will utilize it, but I'm going through the game so fast that most of the time the dialogue option comes up to do an intimidate and I can't do it because I don't have no points. Right. Let me let me use Master then, as a quick example well, lesson, but okay. like what I'm talking just because uh yeah if you do renegade stuff you can actually like uh end quests early by using renegade style options and you yep. lose out on experience you would have gotten by otherwise prolonging that quest for certain things. Um you know maybe the quest would have taken you a planet where you'd be fighting stuff and you'd be getting XP through that or you'd have to like get an item or like just a whatever. Um so in essence, like you're that's what I'm saying is like you're getting rewarded by doing the good thing. Like whereas like, you know, if your character is if you're trying to play a bad character, you're trying to play a renegade, you're actually being like essentially punished just for choosing to play that kind of character. I'm, the reason I brought this whole thing up is because this is what I'm going through with Fallout 3 right now is that I feel like in a way I'm trying to play a bad character and I'm almost being punished for choosing bad options. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll spin it this way because I think it's a perspective that I take when, um, and Fallout 3 I have no idea about because I haven't played it yet. But in Mass Effect's case, you know, if I, I am rewarded in a sense for doing, for, for taking a shortcut and shooting a dude or bopping in over the head and, and ending the quest early by ending the quest early and being able to see more of the game in a shorter amount of time and get more satisfaction out of seeing more stuff. Then by saying, now I gotta go do this, now I gotta go help this guy. Cause like sometimes it does get a little tiring. It's like, oh god, now I gotta go help this guy out. Oh god, now I get, you know, and, and so there is, uh, some people find that rewarding. It's all a matter of perspective. And that's, that's the second, that the next thing I was gonna bring up is like, is it really better? You know, um, I think it was like, you are. right. If you like, if you want to experience everything that the game has to offer, then cutting yourself out of what the game has to offer is not a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and also like getting to do the morally bad thing for some people. I, I already said this, but it, I realize I already said this. But it was just, it's, that's the reward in and of itself. It's kind of like playing Super Mario Brothers. Points don't matter. Points are the stupidest thing on Earth. But, like, knowing that you hit every block just because it was fun to do it, hit, stomped every Goomba just because it was fun to do it, like, it's, it, the reward is in the doing. 
Um, and so for some people, that's doing the right thing. For some people, that's doing the bad thing. And you're right that they, there can tend to be an imbalance. But then I think that I think my whole personal point is that if something is harder to do uh, in a cer- on a certain level of mechanics or time spent, you should get better rewards for it. And if that happens to align itself to morally good versus morally bad, I'm okay with that. Now, if they universally punish you for doing something bad in a video game and it doesn't make logical sense, then I'm not okay with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and I, I feel like because, th- like, what I'm saying is that you can't just singularly boil it down to the reward is always going to be that you get to shoot the, f- the guy in the face and nothing else. It's like, no, that's part of a reward for some people, but you have to throw something else in there. You know, so if what you're experiencing in Fallout is, yo, I'm just trying to be a badass and I'm not getting anything out of it. Uh, like, I, let me... like can, can you at least like, like if you kill a dude that you're not supposed to, can you at least loot his corpse? Yeah, like let me go into more detail, like specifically okay. with Fallout, what I'm talking about. Like, sure. okay, this is spoilers. Uh, like, but again, which, this is this yeah, is which, stuff by the way, let me let me say this right now. I'm transitioning to your what you've been playing because I'm done. Oh, <laughs> so okay. go ahead. Uh, well, okay, so this is spoilers, but it's for the first, like you know, first major town in the game, which again, something people probably know about. With the first town being Megaton, the town that's yeah. built around the bomb, you have the option of De- like. Saving, I'll, I'll say, like, sorry. of like, you know, questing in there and being friendly with the people in it, or you know, essentially blowing it up. Um, so that's kind of like your that that's you know your first major moral choice in the game, and like I feel like that with that being such a big choice that um you know when I first played Fallout I played a good character uh and I saved people in there I didn't set off the bomb and you know I got to do all these quests for all these people and make friends and got all these benefits from them got a house in there um like and just generally got a lot of benefit by not doing that. Now, this time, since I'm playing a character that I'm trying to play as a, like, sort of, not essentially evil character, but more of a renegade, out for herself and her own mission type of thing, um, just very self-serving, uh, I decided that in her interest as a character, it would it would be the best thing to, you know, take the deal of blowing up Megaton and getting paid for it. Because, um, I mean, the you know, the essential storyline of, fallout is that you're looking for your father and mm-hmm. um, yeah and so i figure you know this <laughs> this this character is out there in this unknown world where you know and in any world there's an economy and she's going to need you know money to survive out here and continue sure. her quest so it would be smart for her to do what she needs to do she has no attachment to these people so why don't, she, right, do, why don't she do it yeah so you know in theory, you as a player could do all the quests in Megaton and then blow it up to get all that experience stuff. But as a role-playing game, that doesn't make any sense. Right, Um, it doesn't fit your archetype. Yeah, so I just went ahead and blew it up. And then, you know, by doing that, you get some other benefits. You get to go to this other place um, where you do get a house, but as far as I've seen, there's only one quest there. And I did that one quest, I completed it, and I kind of basically had to move on. So I missed out on a lot of experience, and I feel like I'm a little bit short-leveled than where I should be. Um, and just the other place doesn't... like. There's really no major benefits to having done that other than getting some quick caps. And, you know, I understand that, you know, it should be a moral thing. You know, you get better benefits for doing the good thing or whatever. Like, they, they want to try that. But at least give me more story on the evil side or, like, that side. You know, give me more quests from that town... Or something, you know, make it well, more interesting. Well, hook you up how, with some how kind much, of like, right? Guilt, but how much more time do you, 
how much more time do you have in the game from where you are right now? Um, I mean, I have a lot. I mean, there's no. I'm gonna definitely get level cap before I beat the game. If that's why you're asking that, like, you have pretty much. Inf- well, what, no, time. what I was like, asking was what I was asking was storyline or or anything because you said you didn't like. Is this your pl- first playthrough or second? This is. is- it- I mean, technically my third, but it's my second major playthrough. Did you did you blow up the city in the first two playthroughs? No, like the so the then first one I didn't, and then the, I mean, yeah. What I was gonna say is, unless you know spoilers, I mean, like maybe there's a chance, and and I I know this is like uh, if if someone's being cynical, this is totally stupid, but you know, I'm being optimistic here. In the hours that you have left, who knows what blowing up the city might have triggered? Okay, that's true. You're right. Maybe something will come up later that will uh that will show me that, like, okay, I've also gained this by having done that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I am just talking from what I've experienced so far. Uh, yeah. and, and I guess I just think that, like, if you're going to blow up a whole city, it's like, I, I personally, like, if I'm playing a video game, if I'm blowing up a city, I'm going to say to myself, I am doing the wrong thing, and therefore I don't expect any rewards. But, man, I'm blowing it up just because I need the money, and it's satisfying. And, you know, that's... And, by the way, it, it was really satisfying. There you go. <laughs> and and, and th- in that respect, like, that is actually good role playing because it's like i you know like you shouldn't you know unless again unless something else happens in the game where like a bad guy rewards you for it because he wanted to see that happen um and further like that makes sense but it also makes sense that like no you're not going to get all these rewards and like maybe you yeah you should have gotten some more experience from the other town but like i i think that you know the game acknowledging that like dude you totally did this badass awesome thing but it's also a really shitty thing that you did so you know yeah, I just, I don't Take know, I that. feel like the, the other that. place you go to is a full-featured town meant to, like, be the, compar- you know, the, the parallel to Megaton, and that, like, they just didn't fill it with as many characters that would give you quests or interesting story stuff. Um, so I guess I, that's where I feel cheated. Yeah. I, I just um, I just think, I, I guess it's just, to me, it doesn't bother me from a logical perspective. It's like, you did a bad thing, there you go. Like, and that's no problem, because who knows what could happen later. I, I do, I, I will say, though, that, like, I think it would have been awesome if you did all the quests and then blew up the city. Because yeah, then like, everybody would be like, everybody would be like, oh, this. Not- if I was a totally evil character, I could have like, like played it off as well. You know, I'm doing this stuff just to get all the benefits, right. and, and I then I'm gonna kill them all. Ha ha. That ha. was that was my um that was gonna be my other comment is that like you could still role play it that way and just be like, yo, I'm helping these people because I like like I want this shit for myself. Like the reason why I help people in Mass Effect is because I kind of feel bad for them. But like, had I been playing it differently, I might still do it just to be like, yo, um, are you gonna pay me now? <laughs> oh, okay, trust me. You know what I mean? You, you'll come to a point uh, in Mass Effect where you'll make that kind of decision. Right. Like, I know, like, every every time, like, there's dialogue choice, like, oh, thank you for helping me. And the choice is, no problem. It's my job or payment. And I never choose a payment off. <laughs> I've, been, I've been choosing payment a lot. Ever. And these people are like, uh, uh, okay, okay, more money then. Yeah. See, I like, <laughs> I never. money from my child's breakfast, but here, take it. <laughs> Just get away from oh. me. But yeah, like, like if I were in that position of yours, like, like the mentality approach would be like, yo, I'm going to end up, you know what? I'm going to end up blowing you into smithereens. So I might as well just do it at your happiest so that you can die happy. So I don't feel as bad for myself. Or I could take it from the position of like, yeah, I need your shit. Like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. And guess what? You're going to be turned into goo <laughs> later. You know, so I, I think you could still roleplay that. Of course. Well, it's too late now. I'm too far in. But wah, wah. <laughs> what else have you been playing? Um, well, also real quick, I want to say about Fallout 3 was that because uh, last week I talked about how I was having constant hard locks. Um, I thought you were going to say hard ons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I am playing a chick in the game. Oh, but uh, it is a Bethesda game, so third-person view is not very good. Oh. But um, 
so yeah, uh, I found a fix for it, um, which was interesting because, like, you know, like I, I, I just didn't know what was causing, so I searched online and like apparently, if you go in like the config file for the game and just uh, change, apparently you can just add a line of code that drops how many cores on your CPU are running the game or something. Oh shit! And so I guess having multi-core processors actually causes the game to hard lock. So. Mm. I just had to drop down the amount of cores that were running the game That's or something. so weird. And it, like, still looks great, and it's running with... I only had one hard lock, and I think that was, like, some other reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've been able to put in a lot of time in that game. That's mostly what I've been playing this past week is Fallout 3. Mm. Uh, and, um, yeah, so having fun with that. Uh, but, yeah, if anybody else is, have, is playing it and having that problem, there you go. Um, now, now I'm kind of curious. Should I just get the console version or should i bother if you were gonna play it i would still recommend the pc version i mean like i said now that i put this thing this one line of code in my config file i'm having no problems really and i'm enjoying every minute of it so right it's just that i i don't really want to use just one of my four cores on this game i think i actually i think it's two i dropped it down to um oh you have a quad two well, I have the, the triple core. Oh, yeah, triple. Unlocked right, right, right. It, the, the other thing is, and Pete, you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but how well did Oblivion run on your old system? I didn't play Oblivion. No, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm sorry, Al, how, long, how well did, did it run on your old system? I don't know. Oh, no, you don't have 60. it. Well, I'll tell you this. My, <laughs> old, my old system, which is actually, my, yeah, my current system uh, with the G-Forces, okay, um, my CPU is like, like, your CPU spits on mine at this point. And Oblivion runs like a dream. So even if you were only using half your cores, I don't think it would matter. Yeah, like, I think even what I'm running, it looked better than when I was playing it on the PS3. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, and I, I'm not sure if that's the case because, I, and I quote Oblivion because I haven't played Fallout 3 and I know they use, they use a similar engine. So I don't know how much better the Fallout engine is better than Oblivion, but I'm guessing that even if you played it on two cores, like it would look like butter. Well, it would look like decrepit, undead, apocalyptic <laughs> butter, but it would look. Like butter. So, um, all right. So moving on, talking about other problems with games. Because uh, last week I think I mentioned I played. You know, the night before we recorded 200, I played six hours or something of Civ Five. I think I said. Oh shit. So, um. So then, uh, is that a know, half burp? No. You going went. Ugh. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Anyway, um, no, it was probably me going. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it wasn't. It was like, <laughs> uh. So then I think it was the next day or whatever, I actually went back in and finished that game, uh, like mm-hmm. that particular uh, whatever map that I was in. Uh, yeah. And I wound up winning, um, which was surprising because, I, again, I think it's because of the streamlinedness of everything. Streamlinedness. Because, I mean, it was late in the game. And I, at that point, still had not decided. And this was a problem always with me with Civ 4 is I never decide from the beginning how I'm going to win the game, which always causes me to lose the game because I spread myself too thin amongst the different victory, you know, options. Yeah, it sounds um, like me. Yeah, but in this game, I started out, like, not sure what I was going to do. And then I started getting attacked by one of the other civilizations. So I started building up my army. And I didn't have a really good army, but I had a good enough one to knock out that other civilization. And nice. after after that, though, then I was like, well, now what am I going to do? Because I don't have... It was getting kind of late in the game. It's like, I don't have a big enough army to win this game by a, by a military force. And I need to figure out something quick. So... I started boosting up my culture to try to do that, but then, like, I wasn't gonna, I could already do the semi, kind of do the math in my head that I wasn't gonna do it, or I was gonna be cutting close, and I tried going for the space victory as well, but I was thinking back in Civ 4, how you have to, like, make all these parts and stuff, and how, like, that takes a long time, (laughs) 
but they really like again just in the way they streamlined it for some reason like building things doesn't require the exact like okay you seem to be able to build the space parts in any city irregardless of what's in it like there's you can build a uh like a space workshop thing whatever it was called that like in one city that makes it build space parts quicker but since the space parts are just considered units now you can just build them at any city which made it a lot quicker for doing that and like literally three turns before the timeline would have been up i managed to finish the space parts and win the space race thing so i went that way but uh then i was like just keep playing because i wanted to like you know just explore more of the stuff and uh like get some more achievements um and so as i was going through the, like playing about within the next 50 turns or so i got towards the end of the tech tree and the last uh tech tree thing is called future tech and i guess when it when you finish st- uh, researching it it's going to play a video or something but for some reason i always crash when that video is about to come up and I've found like done a lot of research and stuff and I found options for stopping the intro video and for cause and for trying to prevent crashes for other reasons, but I can't find any information on this. So this is a call out to anybody who's listening who might know how to fix it. It'd be helpful. Um, all I want to do is just disable that video so I can actually just get the achievement for researching the whole tech tree and, uh, you know, move on with the game. Um, and it actually is preventing me from even starting a new game because what if like I hadn't like, if, what if I start a new campaign or whatever? Um, and I don't actually get a victory before I would have researched the entire tech tree, then I was like, I wouldn't be able to end that game because you can't stop research. It automatic, even if you put, take everything out of research or whatever, it's still researching something. And once it hits that, like you finish researching future tech, it just crashes. Hmm. So that would really suck. Can, um, can I, can I interject here really quickly? Yeah. <clears throat> For anybody out there going, this is why I don't play PC games because everything breaks. Fallout New Vegas. Thank you very much. Keep going. <laughs> I'm not sure what that exactly means, but Fallout um, New I Vegas is like on consoles. is completely uh, broken on consoles, and it's been fixed up on PC. And I don't know if the patch. I think the patch finally came out for New Vegas on consoles, but because Microsoft's certification process was like really slow and laborious, like those who were playing New Vegas on Xbox 360 had to put it with the like terrible Obsidian bugs for far longer than those who were playing it on Steam. Ah, uh, so well. Here we go. So that Civ Five like has been known to have bugs like since it came out and stuff, and people have been complaining about it. But you know, like they keep trying to patch it, and I guess I don't know. Like I, I, again, I haven't seen any other information on this, so maybe this isn't like maybe this is just particular to me or something. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna go through some other stuff real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did beat. Uh, I, I I played uh, through the third episode of the Sam Max season one stuff, but I'm gonna wait till I get through all six of the first season before I really talk about it. I think it's um, five. No, it's six? no. The first one has six. All the other ones uh, have five. Okay. Um, I think like I don't know why because I th- I know there's the free one in season one, which actually is the one I'm going into now, which is episode four. A Lincoln must die. Um, oh. and maybe it was because that one was free that they felt like they should throw in an extra one because people are paying the same price or something. I don't okay. know. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's six, and then every other Telltale series has five. Um, but uh, yeah. So I'll wait till I finish that. Uh, played some Flight Control HD. Um. Uh, Austin, I don't know if you ever picked that up because I remember we were talking about it, and I, I did. wanted. To, I okay. did, yeah. I picked it up because I wanted to compare it to the touchscreen stuff. And while I enjoy it on the PC, and it's definitely something like if I have a few minutes, I'll jump into and play real quick. I have to say that I like the iPhone version better, and I like the touch controls better. Um, with the PC version, there's definitely some like, uh, how do I say? It, it like kind of auto attracts 
to things like the mouse is uh like very like it'll snap to like the planes when you're near them and then when you're dragging uh like drawing a line you know across the screen or whatever to the airport uh it'll, it'll snap to the airport yeah snap to the <laughs> airport which i mean it's helpful and everything but is there's know, no option to turn it off i, I didn't see anything because that's kind of like auto aim on a fps and i turn off auto aim all the time yeah um and i mean like on the iphone version it's definitely it is what you draw like it is exact uh it might snap a little bit but usually your fingers like you're pretty much right on when you're drawing over the airport and like your finger would be covering any extra snap toage that you would see um but i don't know i just feel like it's more it's smoother i feel like it's smoother and more direct input on the iphone again i like the pc version um it's fun and it has all the same stuff that the iphone version has plus extra levels uh and you know like the obviously steam leaderboards is cool and everything like that um definitely have more people that i'm competing against on steam than i am on my iphone uh and it's interesting but i I just prefer the iphone version well i was just gonna say that that's endemic of their design and not the control mechanism so like they decided to make it a snap too like uh, again like if if i could play uh, a touchscreen game with a stylus which is much thinner than my finger i'd rather do that um but and yeah, like again, like style, like it's it's the matter of the fact that like with that, like you're like pointing and drawing with the mouse, you know, you're dragging, and I think that might make the difference. Like, because like you know, if you try to do like Photoshop or something, like, that's just a perfect example. If you're drawing a line with the mouse, it's very easy to just like your hand can shake a little bit or something. You know, you draw. Yeah, of course. Match. But if you're using some sort of touchpad or like some sort of stylus, like a or those, those tablet draw things, whatever, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a Wacom like, tablet. No, yeah, that, exactly. that is. I've never said that a a, a like touching is a less is a less precise manner of control oh, no, because you're you touching where you're going. But it, it actually it kind of is in a way because like if you're talking about a capacitive touchscreen or if you're talking about either a capacitive or resistive, there's still like a dead zone where it's not always going to be exactly what you want it to be simply because your finger doesn't end in a point unless you're kind of weird and have like this really gross like pointy finger. Well, as far as I feel with Flight Control HD, just in terms of this game, I feel that I am much more precise drawing on my iPhone than I am using the mouse on a PC, for what that's worth. Well, you you should be. It's it's a more precise method of control. It's just I don't want my hand in the way. Uh, So what else have you been playing? Uh, Okay, so like besides that, then uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Reketeer, I believe. Uh, I still need to fucking start that. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I don't know you mentioned it on the show before, but I forgot what you thought of it. But I enjoy it like hell a lot, hell a lot, <laughs> hell a lot. Mega um, gigabyte sun. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, but uh, it's really interesting because I mean it's got like uh the the sim business management type thing going on where you you know you're running the item shop and then you got to go out in town and uh you have to like buy items for your item shop to sell and um. You know, it starts you off slow. You're just kind of dealing with that stuff and, you know, buying things at a set price and then marking them up. You can buy things from your customers at lower prices. And I actually tweeted about how I worked at GameStop. So I should be really good at taking in used merchandise for like dirt cheap and then selling it you know, at an astronomical markup. Um, but the one thing that like with that stuff, it, it seems kind of hard to really get a gauge on what you should be pricing things at because, you know, I feel like I'm trying to cater towards the quote unquote characters that come into your store. Uh, there's like, for starters, uh, starting off, there's like an old guy, uh, you know, middle-aged guy, a middle-aged woman, and then like a young girl. And you're supposed to try to like, you, you, the point of the game for the item stuff selling is like kind of haggling. So the, uh, 
you start at a certain price and there'll be usually they'll be like, Oh, can you go a little lower? And you kind of get a gauge of what you can sell things at. Like usually for the middle aged guy or the old guy, you can sell stuff for about like 130% over base price. Um, like for the young girl, it's generally something less than 120%. And the uh, middle aged woman's usually right around 120%, but it doesn't seem to be like a firm thing. Cause like, if I kind of try to keep using the same prices, like sometimes I'll just piss people off and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, I, I don't get that. Like, I feel like it should be more constant. Like if you're trying to like, I don't know if you're trying to succeed, it's like hard to like, just play, otherwise you're just playing random guessing games in a way. Um, but uh, other than that, like, yeah, so you have that item shot management and then like just yesterday, I believe it was when I played it and I got into the adventuring part of it, which is kind of cool. Cause it's like you go into a dungeon and it's a, uh, a real time dungeon crawl kind of game. You're, uh, I mean, you know, it's real simplified. You're, you're walking as a hero through a dungeon and all this stuff. Okay. There's like all this story related stuff that explains everything, but I'm not going to go into it. Uh, you should just play the game, especially you. Yeah. Um, I already know your face. Should yeah. Be. You, you know, Al, but everyone else should play it. Cause I mean, the way they explain stuff is kind of ridiculous, but yeah, absolutely cute. ridiculous. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you're, you're crawling through the dungeon. You're like, you know, fighting slimes and stuff to start with. And then it gets onto like these like Fox bandits and things. And you're collecting treasure and the game makes you kind of choose between giving, uh, items to your adventurer to like power them up so they can survive and, you know, attack stuff better in the dungeon. And then what items you keep to sell in your store. And then even later on, your adventurer will come into your store to buy stuff. So like there is all this interplay between (laughs) the characters. Buying from yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there is all this interplay between the character, like even the guild master that you go to the, the, the merchant's guild to buy stuff from for your store. He'll come in and buy stuff back from you. So it's, <laughs> it's really weird. Like there is this interplay between the characters of the world. Um, and I don't know. I just get hooked into the whole like management stuff of it. Uh, I like games like this and I feel like it should be an iOS game, like something that should be on uh, an iPhone or an iPad or something. I don't have an iPad, but it'd probably yeah, be a really good iPad game. Awesome. Um, yeah, it could go on the Android too. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, for me personally, I think I would love it on the iPhone because I would, I would like to be able to just sit and relax, like in bed or something and play this game. Um, yeah, me too. that's why I don't have it. Well, I you have, oh, did you I just play the, the demo? demo? Oh, okay. And I, I got you- up to the point where I found the adventure and I'm like, okay, this game is really good, but I can't sit here and play it. Yeah. I mean, I deal with sitting here and playing it because it is a lot of fun. It's definitely like, it's worth playing, um, even if you have to play it sitting at your computer. Um, and, but yeah, I'm just, I, I definitely would think it would make a better, like, mobile game in something, even on, just on a DS or something. You know, I don't have a DS, but it'd make a really good DS game. That's what um, I'm going to say. I'd like to see it on DS. Yeah. And I wonder if they have any plans to port it to anything else. Um, you know, cause I think it could be very successful on other platforms. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Austin, you should definitely at least try the demo. And like I said, like if there are, if there doesn't seem to be any news about him getting ported anywhere else, oh, you do have it. Yeah, Yeah, I got it. it. That's why I said I need to play it. Oh, then fucking play it. No, no, Um, I'm finishing Mass Effect first. That's more important. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm actually trying to juggle between uh, Reketeer and Fallout Three, and like every time I sit down to play, I'm like, man, I really want to play this game, but I want to play this other game, and I I invariably end up going to Fallout Three just because, again, like Reketeer, I wish was more of a mobile game. Um, but uh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and I'll probably talk more about that later. The only other game I want to talk about is uh, you guys may have heard of this thing, uh, like Austin, you may have heard of, it, of this game being talked about on other podcasts. It's called One Chance. Um, it's an online flash game that people have been playing. I guess it's on Newgrounds or something. 
I mean, that's where I played it. Um, and I usually don't like get into the whole new grounds flash games type stuff. I mean, I, used, I played a bunch of them back in the day. Uh, <laughs> um, but not really lately. But uh, you know, uh, they were talking about it on Rebel FM and other podcasts. So I went and checked it out. If you just Google one chance, you'll probably find it that way. The thing that makes this game interesting is that it's like a very light adventure type type of game, like point and click adventure type of game. Um, actually, it's not even point and click. I'm pretty sure it's just arrow keys and one button for interacting. Um, and the premise of the game is that you're a scientist who uh, you and your team of scientists have uh, discovered a cure, I think, for cancer or something you discovered a cure that's basically going to heal everybody and you know you're rejoicing but then the next day you find out that this cure is actually going to kill everybody in like six days or something like that Um, and there's no there's no cure for this now like you know does this now like plague of a cure or whatever um that you originally kind of like i am legend yeah i never saw that but sure or read it um just the will smith movie i never read it either (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it's based off of an older movie called The Omega Man. You basically then have the remaining time to kind of figure out what you want to do with your remaining time. You can you can spend time with your family, or you can go to work and try to discover like something to cure this now like horrible thing that's going to happen. Um, and you know during you just like see these switching characters like from like the beginning of the game. You know you like when you start the game your your wife you have the your loving wife and daughter and you know everyone at work is like all happy and proud and like you know you're the hero and then like everyone starts turning against you because you kind of caused this and it's really simplistic and just it's over really quickly like i mean it takes maybe like 20 minutes half hour to play but the thing why it's called one chance is once the game ends um whatever ending you get that's it you cannot replay the game um i guess <sighs> I guess theoretically you could go in and delete. It's our joke. All right. I'll tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, you can theoretically go in and delete your cookies or whatever. There are ways to actually replay the game if you wanted to. But the point is that once it ends, like even if you leave the page and come back because, you know, because of the store cookies or whatever, like it actually just brings you back up on whatever your ending screen was. Um, so you're just supposed to play the game once. That's why it's one chance. And I, I played it and I enjoyed it. It's very. Uh, David Cage wanted that to happen with Heavy Rain. But yeah, sorry. I know. I'm going to play yeah. this as many times as I want. <laughs> it's very atmospheric and moody. And, you know, despite the fact that I could have gone back and tried to get a better ending, I actually, like, was... I, I found that the concept behind it and the idea that you're only supposed to play it once in- interesting enough that I am not going to play it again. I played it my one time, I got my ending, and that's that. Um, so, I mean, it's something I would recommend. Again, it's a very quick playthrough, and uh, it's interesting what they do. Hmm. Oh, uh, it, it, it brings to, it brings oh, to mind... I'm sorry. I was just going to say real quickly. It brings to mind how developers should look to evolve the whole concept of consequence. There was a lot of talk about that with Fable Three and Fable Two, and all those, and you know, even Mass Effect. And it's like, will we ever reach a point where it's such a heavy, <clears throat> where we can get to a space where we have something like One Chance? It's like obviously not. People wouldn't be happy if you told them they could only play through something once, even if they would only play through it once. But I think it's very interesting. Um, sounds very. It sounds like a very important game to play, I'd say, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that play double affirmation. Yeah, yes. I, I, I'm trying, trying to figure it like, I don't know if I would say it's important. Um, well, I, th- I think for the perspective of, you know, trying, da- trying out different ways to solve this, this uh, what they call an issue, or at least, you know, 
introduce a new way of thinking into playing, experiencing your games, and developing them. I think it's important. Yeah. But I don't know. Is there anything else that you've been playing, or, or, or are we going to bombard Al? Al can go, but I want to know what that joke was real quick. We, uh, my friends and I used to make a joke uh, when we were teenagers that uh, there should be games that if you played so badly at it, it would say game over and you couldn't press anything. And if you turned it off and turned it back on, it would just go to game over. <laughs> like the screen would turn on instantly and say game over. You would never be able to play the game again because you suck so bad at it. That's funny. They should make a game like that and then like make it cost five bucks. Imagine so- if Ninja Gaiden did that. Dude. Oh, oh my god. Like it goes to a black screen. I bet you Itagaki was black screen. I, I bet you Itagaki was like, yo, let's do that. And like PR was like, you you can't. <laughs> you can't. He was like, alright, fine. Let's call them sissies. Anyway, Al, what you been playing? Um uh, been playing a couple of things mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh most of which has been Final Fantasy for Heroes of Light. Ooh. Uh I have to say two things about this game. One mm-hmm. is that if you do, if you try to play the game in any old fashion, you'll get to a point where you get absolutely frustrated, and the game is like really tough. It's it's unbelievably tough, Ugh. which sucks. But then at the same time, if you use a, a specific party configuration, you'll own the game. It's absolutely easy. It nothing can beat you. Ugh. yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad, but. Um, I think it could just be no, because it's a of, throwback. I feel like that's what like a lot of like defender like apologists kind of said like, well, it's that way because old games used to be that way, and I'm just like, oh really? really? Old games used to be I don't, playable only one way, although there are like 20 options. No, I no no no. I mean like like <clears throat> like if you play if you choose a kind of if you choose the party the wrong way in Final Fantasy one, let's say you're gonna have a much tougher time. Whereas if you right. choose a certain other party, it's going to be so easy. You know what I mean? It, well, Final Fantasy yeah, One was never so easy, but right. But Final Fantasy <laughs> One, it was it was at least possible. No matter how difficult it was, it was possible to beat it with four white mages. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is that apologists are stupid sometimes. Mm-hmm. And in Final Fantasy One, you could run away from battles. Where, as in uh, Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light, you can only run away with a certain character. Oh shit! And so. Every battle is win or die, which makes it that's what that's part of the reason why it's so difficult. Like, okay, you go and you set up a party, you're like, I'm gonna do this, I got that, I got this, go to do that, and then you run up against enemies that are resistant to everything you do, and you can't take off any health, and they hit you for like a third of your life, then you're like, fuck it, reset. Or if you made a mistake and didn't save, then you either have to deal with losing the gems or losing progress. That is the scene between your balls. That sucks. Right, so I'm scared to continue on now. Actually, well, the, here's the thing: there is a certain uh, character in the game that is just like God, and uh, I, I have to reveal what that character is, just so that if anyone does is listening and decides to play it and they get stuck, that they can at least rely on this. Because okay. what happens is the game gets very element heavy once you get oh, past I see. a certain point. It gets to a point where, like, basically, the game is manageable it's easy manageable in the first half and then once you bypass this part and the the world changes quote unquote and all the enemies get tougher and then the second half of the game you have to deal with these tougher enemies but all the goals that you have to do like the major goals are element based uh because basically you 
in, in the world of Four Heroes of Light, there's an ice world. There's um, a water type. So of it's kind of like that. It, they 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 go to the basic stereotypical tropes of a video game. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. You know, it's, it's all the elements. It's, it's, there's fire. There's ice. Uh, there's, yep. Yep. Uh, ice and water are the same thing, and that's something else I don't <clears> quite get. Like they have fire, they have earth, and they have wind and darkness. Those are all unique. But then you have ice and water, which are both water, and you have lightning and thunder, which are both light. <laughs> and it, it it baffles me because okay, well, there's an ice shield, and there's no thunder shield, but there's a, a holy shield well, which t- will block thunder. Before you go on, what's the guy's name? What guy? The the guy who's God. Oh no no it's not a guy it's a a, a character. character it's a, it's a crown right, it's, that's what I'm oh the crown uh the 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 crown is elementalist okay and never okay. have I seen an elementalist in a Final Fantasy game be so useful okay just just wanted to make sure because you mm-hmm. you you set it up oh, oh I I wasn't going to miss that that's the whole point of me talking about this game um but the elements are really weird where they pack two in in the same category and you, you kind of have to wonder like, what do you use? Well, if I'm facing against a dark character, can I use thunder? Oh yeah, you can. But then at the same time, I don't really know for sure if that character is vulnerable to thunder. Maybe they're vulnerable only to holy, but I digress. Oh, that's annoying, but it is annoying. And so I get up to my first major encounter in uh the second half where you're basically fighting it's it, it's it's silly almost because it's so formulaic and i guess that's just you know the way it is because it's supposed to be a throwback blah, yep. blah, blah. but it's formulaic you have to go through these towns in the game and you get to this climactic centerpiece point and then you have to go and revisit the four towns and fix whatever problems you make and every time you go to these four towns, you're dealing with whatever element is there. So, for example, like, uh, remember the desert town? We, yeah, we, yep. you were, you're in the desert town now. Mm-hmm. Uh, desert town is, is earth element, so a lot of the enemies are supposed to be weak to air. So, alright, so you hook yourself up, you prepare yourself for using air spells, and you go in there and you do your thing. But, here's the problem. These enemies hit you with, like, crazy shit, and they really can kind of, like, kill you. So what you have to do is you have to <laughs> I don't even want to know what you're typing <laughs> right now. Um you what you have to do is you have to properly defend yourself and there's this one technique that you get from elementalists called Mysterio. And Mysterio increases your elemental defensive or resistant resistance. One that one spell alone will allow you to Reduce pretty much any attack by any enemy, provided that you're at a proper, you know, in a proper level range, mm-hmm. um, to a single digit, pretty much, or maybe just over 10, under 20. So somebody will hit you with something, and if you didn't have Mysterio on, it'll take off like 90. <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it'll take off enough such that these enemies have two turns, sometimes three turns, and, and they'll kill you in that turn. But if you have Mysterio up, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you just did that move. Who cares? I know that's your, like, most powerful move. Do you have anything else? And combine that with a black mage, the game is over. I honestly, like, the other two characters, I really only use, um, I have, I had a class that was more melee based, but melee doesn't really do so well in this game because you have to constantly spend gems to upgrade your characters, but then you have a black mage, as long as he's high enough level and his intellect is high enough, the, 
the, the highest level spell that you can get. You know, there's only three levels of spells. You get the middle level spell. You're hitting one enemy for like 500, whereas everybody else is attacking, taking off 20, 40. Maybe if you have a, a good melee class, you'll take off 100. You know what this sounds like? Take off 600. Oh my god. This, this sounds like Alpha Protocol where you kind of... I hate to say have to, but but it's just that the way you're describing it like concerns me. Not from a I'm not going to play this game, but from a why did they make the choices that they did? You know, standpoint mm-hmm. of you must play it in a certain way in order to really get a get a good benefit out of it. And Alpha Protocol was that was was I heard from many people was that way. And the reason why that's such a bad thing is because it was supposed to be the spy version of Mass Effect or Oblivion or whatnot. And it's like. When you when you presume to create a game in which you are supposed to have multiple ways to to succeed at it, and then you can only truly succeed um, efficiently by putting points into a certain stat, you know, then that that then you have failed in your goal. And I feel like with with four heroes of light, what they <clears throat> I finally called the right thing. I was called four warriors of light. Mm-hmm. What you know to me, I'm like, all right, I can mix and match these crowns, and I could do whatever I need to. And it's not like it's going to be every every crown setup is going to be like um, of average difficulty. But come on, you got to have a certain range there, right? Some setups are a little harder, some are a little more easy. But don't give me one where it's just like, dude, you're you're totally not going to be able to run away. You're done with the game, or Oh my God! Just have one black mage, and that's all you need. You know what I mean? That 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 upsets me from a design decision making standpoint. Like, why are you doing this to us under the presumption that we have a choice? Um, yeah, and that, it, that bothers it, it me. To me, because I think that in the first half of the game, <clears throat> actually, in the first half of the game, where they're giving you all these situations and they're breaking up the characters and everything like that, and yeah. giving you all this story, it, you are able to fool around with the the crowns and actually get through with any kind of combination. It's okay. But once you get to the point where it's like all four characters together, um, we're presenting you with uh, one journey now. It's you know not we're not taking all these different directions and everything like that. We're all it's this and this is what you have to do. You got to save the world. Blah blah blah. All right. I have not. I literally have only. No, changed. don't. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to talk about the Skype chat. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to experiment. Keep going. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I have literally changed one crown. Or, uh, well, two crowns because the you know I have not changed my elementalist from elementalist. I've not changed my black mage to black mage, uh, from black mage I say. But I've changed like one of my characters was uh, a merchant. Where a merchant is, um, they they get gems. Like you fight and you get more gems at the end, and their techniques re- uh, result in you finding gems in the middle of a battle, which is always useful because gems are kind of hard to come by and sometimes you need money sometimes you need to upgrade stuff and then the other guy is um like hero uh that's one of the classes that you get later on that basically they're kind of strong and they get psyched up more often uh but i changed him to uh i'll say the class that cringes um oh that that guy with no vowels yeah well one vowel uh oh okay (laughs) I think I, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I changed him from hero to cringes class, uh, because I wanted to give him a little bit more, um, black magic capability. So not just completely, uh, just melee. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, cause you haven't played in a while, but cringe has an ability called, uh, magic sword where yes. it's a, yeah. a future weapon with an element. And that then makes my, 
character hit for like 300 or something like that, which is great because these bosses have like a couple of thousand HP. Most of the other enemies have a couple of hundred. And if you're hitting for 20, it's not really going to help. Uh, so all my elements, all my elements list does is Mysterio to, you know, lower all damage from all elements to like anywhere between five and 15 or maybe 20 or 30, but it's still nothing. Uh, and then my elemental list also does amplify, which makes the black mage attacks go up by another couple of hundred. And with Mysterio, anybody who hits like with a, a specific element, Anyone who hits the elementalist will heal the elementalist. So the elementalist never dies. Whoa, and, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again? Because it's... the elementalist, by uh, nature, the crown, has elevated resistance to elements. And then if you equip a shield or one of those capes that uh, blocks whatever element, and then you put on Mysterio, it turns it into an absorbed Absorb. situation. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So... Yeah. My elements list never dies with Mysterio because they're constantly healing her for like 50 to 100 when they normally would hit her for 50 to 100. Um, and then my fourth character is now, uh, I don't even remember, was a South Maker. South Makers basically, um, they use items for uh, no AP, but at the same time, they have abilities that allow them to use items for free without actually like using up the item itself. So I'll have one item, like an X-Potion and uh, a Remedy, and then use that item on one person for free. And then there's another ability where you use that one item on everybody. So I'll use the item for free technique and then the item on everybody, and I heal everybody up to maximum in one turn for free. Well, in two turns. But that's perfect. You know, that I don't even need a White Mage because I have the South Maker. But I think I changed the South Maker to uh, something else. Because I just need to kind of spice it up a bit, you know, with the black mage owning everybody left and right. All I do is equip the right spell, and the game's over. And now I have the black mage upgraded to the point that the black mage can do a spell that hits everybody, like fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred, everybody. I'm like, all right, fine, this is awesome. Like, at first I was going to stop playing the game and play Dragon Quest Four, and now I'm on track for finishing the game by Friday. Well, there you go. (laughs) Anything Uh, else? that's that. Um, I played, I bought a game on a whim because it had two things that I like so much in video games and in movies and stuff. Like in video games, I like space shooters. Like I like Gradius. I like, uh, top down shooters, but this game was like Gradius, side scrolling 2D shooter. And it had time travel, which anything that has time travel, I'm usually a sucker for, which is why Back to the Future 1 and 2 are. What's it called again? Some, uh, it's called Zeit Squared. Zite yeah. 2! What's the yeah. one? Nah. Uh, yeah, the game is called Zite Squared. It's by uh, some group, but it's published by Ubisoft. And uh, <coughs> I'm going to find out what that some group is right now. Uh, store page. There it is. Um, it is made by Brightside Games. came out January 12th. And unfortunately, it has DRM, but who cares? Uh, Ubisoft is gonna have DRM. Yeah. And it's a cool game. Like, it's a regular, like, shoot 'em up, like Gradius, except the game is structured to a point where, um, you are a ship inside a bubble, and the bubble is your health. It goes down, uh, it shrinks as you, um, lose health. And you lose health by shooting, uh, and there are enemies that pass by that have halos around them. And Wait, you lose up. health by shooting? 
yeah, you lose health by shooting, but you gain health by hitting the enemies. Okay. It's it's a it's to stop you from just shooting randomly, like okay. constantly pressing the shoot button. Um, there are enemies that have halos, and if they pass you, they uh, they steal your life from you. So it gives you a priority such that all right, if there are certain sets of enemies coming, there's some that have halos, some that don't. You may want to hit the one with the halo and let the other ones pass by. Right, and then you can like rewind and hit the ones that pass by while your shadow is hitting the halos or something. Yes, I was going to explain that, but you done spoiled it. Um, but I'll just repeat what you said. So no. essentially, what you do, what you have that makes this game so special is time travel. And you have a time travel button, which allows you to both fast forward and rewind. Um, fast forward basically allows you to go through easy parts really quickly and you get double your score. Uh, rewind rewinds the game, basically. And when you stop rewinding, it replays the game from the point that you stopped, and a shadow of your ship does whatever you used to do. Uh, you are able to shoot the shadow of your ship, and it will like send out waves of energy. And if you're able to shoot it eight times before you get back to the point where you started rewinding, you send out a shockwave. Uh, there is also a th- uh, uh, other bonuses that are tied into time travel where if you are able to end the time travel period, like when everything goes back to the time in which you rewound and you are in the same place that your shadow is, you basically prevent a paradox and you get what's called perfect time travel bonus, more points. Mm. And um, you're not required to do that, obviously, but it you, there's an achievement associated with it. There's other things that you know, you get points for it and whatnot. Uh, there are different kinds of enemies where... I would hope so. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's enemies that are like, you know, most enemies take like two or three hits to, to take out, like the smaller ones. Um, then there are big ones that take like eight hits or whatnot. They're usually the ones with the halos that you really want to get out of the way first. There are also enemies that are in uh, a time warp, and you can't hit them unless... You're are oh. going in back through time. Oh. So what you do, That's what I usually up. like to do is I like to shoot over them and then rewind. And then while it's playing back, those shots that I shot before I rewound will, will hit, hit them. them. Okay. Yeah. I thought uh, I, I thought that you had to shoot while you were like you had to shoot while you were rewound and only those bullets could hit them. But uh, as long as the bullets are coming out when you're in that mode, that's when it hits them. Right. When you okay. rewind, you can't really do anything. <clears throat> Winding, oh. it just rewinds everything. It brings everything back. All the enemies that died come back and everything moves back to where it was uh, up to like, I think, I don't know if it goes any longer, but the longest I've seen is 4.2 seconds. I think that is the longest because you get an achievement for rewinding the whole 4.2 seconds. Um, but then after you rewind, those 4.2 seconds play back in order. Right, and- but I thought, aren't you able to I thought, like, because the the thing that I spoiled that you when it went to explain, I thought meant that you could, like, while your ship was doing what it did in the past, you still are controlling something that you like that you can shoot other shit while that's going on. Right. What happens is, say you're gonna rewind a whole four point two seconds, so you're playing the game, da da da, and there's yeah. enemies. Sake. The, the perfect example here is what they show you in the tutorial. There are enemies coming from the top and the bottom at the same time. Yeah. You go up to the top and you shoot those enemies on the top. Four point two seconds go by. Then you rewind 4.2 seconds, and now you're back at the beginning. And so you go to the bottom. Enemies come on the screen. 
your shadow goes up to the top and shoots those enemies on top, and you can go to the bottom and shoot the enemies on the bottom so you clear out the entire thing and get more points. Right, that's what I thought, but then you said you can't really do anything, so that's what threw me off. Oh, no, no, I mean, between the point where the 4.2 seconds has elapsed and when you're pressing the time rewind button, you can't interact with the actual rewinding. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah, and okay. what, what, I meant, what I meant was um, that I thought that, like, you, you're saying... And, and I'm asking this because it was it's it's kind of confusing. I just want to clear it up. Is mm-hmm. that those dudes that can't get hit unless they're in a time warp? Is that they will only get hit during the rewind or after? No, they will get hit only after when things are playing back when right. the shadows okay. on the screen. Okay, yeah, that's okay. That and that's what I was saying. And then that's when I that's when you said, well, you can't really do anything while you're rewinding. I think that's what confused me. Okay, oh, okay. I am clear yeah, now. So basically, I now like, want to play I this s- game. Okay. You see the ships, you shoot over them, and the bullets fly right past them. You rewind, and then it plays back, and those bullets that you shot have gone through them. They hit them. Oh, my God. This makes me so mad. I don't know if you remember, but in 2003, I was like, yo, we should, like, try to make a shmup. And then I had an idea for something like, like, rewinding time and shit with your ship. And I even sent you an animated GIF in Photoshop showing, showing what my idea would be. And then I thought about it, and I was like, no, we can't make this work. Probably I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> no, um, I don't. But I, it was 2003, or maybe 2004 before when I was still working in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that makes me so mad. Ah. Um, this game is cool in it, and you fight bosses and stuff. Uh, there are four levels, each with four stages, or 16 stages. And um, there are eight bosses, one every two stages. You get a, a extra abilities, like you get a beam shot and a, a chain shot. And the beam shot is cool, like, it basically shoots, like, this big, long beam, but if you time travel and shoot your shadow with the beam, it splits the beam into vertical, and allows you to do things like fly past a whole group of enemies that are up on the top and bottom of the screen, rewind, and then shoot your shadow with the beam, and destroy all of them at the same time. Um, trying so to I play it. that. I, I think I just need to see a video. Oh, okay. Yeah, basically, like, if there's enemies on the top and bottom of the screen, you let them both pass, rewind, and then hit your shadow in this... Well, don't let them pass, but you have to move your ship to the right side of the screen. Like, you know, in say the, the enemies in the top and bottom are going by from right to left, and you're moving from left to right, right past them, and then in between them. You rewind, everything goes back to normal, then your shadow is going forward from left to right, you hit it with the beam shot, and it's going past the enemies that are going from right to left and destroying them all with the beam shot that's now going up and down. I think still can't. I, I, I'll 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 watch a video. It's it's just very hard to picture something like this. It's like me trying to explain Pictavits. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to see that they don't have anything on the screenshots, but um, uh, yeah, that game is really cool. How much and is it? Five, ten dollars. Uh-huh. Other quick hits on games I've been playing. Uh, I played um, Max and Future the game, which is pretty interesting. Although I'm kind of stuck at this point, and I refuse to look for help. Uh, damn, I played this game for almost two hours? <laughs> I mean, I, I need to finish it. I mean, granted, the next game probably won't come out for a while, but it's really funny. Like, for me, of course, since Back to Future is my favorite movie pretty much of all time, it was hilarious. And I really enjoy it. I did read a review of it, um, on Kotaku, which was weird because, uh, the guy who, Luke Plunkin, who reviewed it, doesn't like Telltale games. So they chose him to review the game. What the fuck? He didn't like it. And it was like, what the fuck? Really? That's why I don't read Kotaku at all. I'm sorry. And Logs. So, yeah. 
So, you know, he he opened it by saying, I don't like Telltale games. And he goes, Back to the Future is a terrible game, but it uh, does justice to, like, it's good for people who like Back to the Future. But I'm like, you don't like Telltale games, so why they put you on the job? So that's neither here nor there. I, uh, I'd like to talk about that a little next week. That's really aggravating. Mm-hmm. That that's a good topic. I'm putting people to review games. Fuck blogs. Don't like. Um, uh, played a little bit more Need for Speed Shift on my phone. Uh, and that game is is pretty good still. There's different modes like uh, you know, there's your regular race. There's a time trial. Um, there's a driver duel where you have to beat another driver. But you know, it's just a a, a one on one race. And then there's Eliminator, where you have to not be in last place. The graphics are freaking cool, and rotating the phone is not that bad at all. And I'm, I'm one of these days, I'm going to play past Rookie, but I think I might just have to own the complete game on Rookie and then move on. Because it's just too much fun to just, like, sit there and... and it is bad, because, like, you know, I like to play games where I get full control. But in this game, I guess because I'm just rotating the phone, it's so much more enjoyable to just follow the racing line and play like that instead of uh, trying to actually navigate. I mean, the racing line is the best way to, to race the track anyway. Right. But following the racing line is, is what's the challenge. Yeah, it's like easy mode, but you get points for it and whatnot. And then you get to, you know, you're trying to bang up against these cars, get some aggression points because you get points for doing things like almost burnout style. But um, you also want to try and stay on the racing line. And then there are other goals like, uh, some stages they will give you a star if you don't go off the track. So then what you kind of have to do is you have to follow a racing line, but not be so aggressive so that you don't go off the track. Um, I already mentioned that I played Mass Effect and I touched a little bit of, uh, Gish and that I don't know. That sounds so wrong. Yeah, I I'm know. Sorry. It sounds so wrong. I Especially know. knowing what the Gish is. Yeah. I don't even, I'm sorry. I, is I it tried the not... Gish or is it just Gish? Just like Gish. the character. Yeah, his name just is Gish. Gish. Okay. It's his name. Yeah. Gish. He's a ball of tar. Yeah. Gish. Um, it's a sound effect that it makes when he sticks on the thing. <laughs> Speaking of Gish, I, need... I started using the unlockable characters in Super Meat Boy. And yeah, how using... is Gish then in Super Meat Boy? Um, he actually is very helpful. Uh, he can, you know, hang on to wall, like, you know, walls for a while and slide down slowly. And he can also cling to ceilings. So using him, and I unlocked him from Raid. This is on the 360 version. And uh, he can actually uh, rewind time to, like, uh, yeah, like, if you're going to fall off a thing, you rewind. But it also helps you get through certain things. Um, so, like, using them, I've been able to get a lot more bandages than I've otherwise been able to get by trying to just do everything as Super Meat Boy. Hmm. Cool. Because, I don't know, I'm I'm trying to get the feel of Gish, like, with a controller and whatnot. And it's just, it seems hard to play. Because jumping is all based on like momentum and yeah, it, it it seems hard to actually get some height in your jump and uh the structure of the game is where like I really don't like the fact that if you want to quit the game you have to lose a life. Uh, oh, wait. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but in wait. in Gish itself, the game in Gish, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about Gish and Super, and Super Mario. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't no. actually played like I own that game, but I haven't actually played that yet, so I don't actually know how that works. Yeah, um, that's. I think it because I haven't played anything else really at home. I might have turned on Prototype once, but I I don't even know. I I haven't really had much time to play any games at home this week, so I've been playing a lot of um 
That game. Four Heroes of Light. That game. Trying to finish it. Yeah, I'm trying to finish it because I really want to get the Dragon Quest 4 and then Dragon Quest 5. Because Dragon Quest 6 comes out on Valentine's Day. I need to get five. Yeah, um, you gotta get lucky like me and just like hope that someplace has it and just fucking pay, pay the Square Enix tax. Honestly, I'll just borrow it from you and like. You can borrow from me. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't care about owning it mm. at this point. Yeah, that'll um, work. Um, yeah, I heard you guys are playing WoW, but I don't know if we have time for that. You guys be the judge, but there is WoW speak because they played Cataclysm. Not really. No. Uh, he did. Because I don't have Cataclysm, but... Oh, I I'll thought I thought you were questing together. Okay. We are, but you don't have to have Cataclysm to play through the, the first... What I meant was... The game. Oh, oh, okay, I see. Okay. Uh, I, I would just touch on it and say that... Um, touch on. We, it, him. Him. Pete, Dez, him. Edu, and I are playing WoW together uh, as and it's kind of hard as a four man, but I, we just have to come up with a way to, like, I guess, get money and get some good gear or just continue to run some instances when we get high enough level. But um, we were first just running around the starting area, just doing the quest and getting experience and whatnot. It was pretty fun. But now uh, we're all level 12 and we're trying to get this first instance done. And it's kind of rough because we are one man down and we don't have the any pure damage classes. So uh, Why are you one man down? Oh, well, we only have four people. And oh, yeah. it's supposed to be five. five. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm playing Warrior, which is I'm playing more of a tank-based character. Uh, Edu's playing a Paladin, which I think he's focusing on damage. Uh, Dez is also, I think, focusing on damage. She's playing a Shaman, and they're both support middle-range characters. And Pete is playing a Priest, who is a Healbot. I want Peter. So we don't have a, a rogue or a mage that is just solely focused on damage to help bring down enemies fast. So it's uh, going to be a little tough to be able to four man the dungeons. Just a little bit. You said heal bot. Yeah, heal bot. What does that mean? That means oh, I robot, follow Al and heal him. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Oh, you're a that, banana rider, does. pretty much. <laughs> a banana, banana rider. rider. <laughs> that's what Sean Elliott calls it whenever you're in. You're playing Team, Team Fortress, Fortress 2, 2, and all you do is play the medic, and you just follow around a tank and just, like... Uh, it's like banana. You're, you're riding his banana. Um, riding in his banana boat. Or something. I don't know. What were you saying, Pete? <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning. Uh, oh, I gave him my yawn over the internet. <laughs> it's a really interesting podcast, guys. Um, uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Uh, we, we could use a little bit better of group dynamics, I think. Um... But other than that, like, uh, just, yeah, it's fun just running around and, like, killing shit together on WoW. Uh, as far as Cataclysm goes, um, Dez and I are running Cataclysm. Uh, Dez and I are running Worgen, uh, just us together, like, without anyone else. Um, so, uh, we've experienced the whole, like, you know, we experienced a new race and a whole new starting zone and everything, and, uh, some of the new mechanics that they've introduced. Well, I don't know if it was introduced with, uh, Cataclysm or if they started if they started doing phasing stuff before then, but, uh, no, I think that's something only working can do. No, I mean like the phasing of the world, like phasing in, uh, like environments. Oh, Oh, like, yeah. Okay. I think that's new also. Yeah. For instance, if a place is like, okay. And then you do a quest and then afterwards you come back and it's like destroyed. Um, like this, like that's cause they phased the world to, to 
reflect the new story that you're now progressing through. Um, so uh, that stuff's kind of cool. Um, one thing that sucks about the Worgen is that like uh, we start out in this like completely. I don't know how it works with the goblins, but we start out in this completely separate area, um, which I guess was actually taking place in the past. And so once you finish that starting area, you kind of like go back to the present or whatever, and you're in like uh, Teldressel, which is like the Night Elf starting area, um, the Life Tree or whatever, the World Tree. Uh, and so we didn't like explore everything in the Worgen starting area, and we like we don't know if we can ever actually get back there. Yeah, there's that location is on the map, but it's a separate location. It's like a new location, so to speak, like yeah. that area is like it's it's even called uh the ruins of whatever that name of that town is i don't remember what it was called um Isn't it, uh, Gilneas? yeah this the ruins of Gilneas. that's it um so we don't know if we get back there if we'll have already if, if the map will show that we've already explored this area if it'll be completely different because like uh i think it's completely different because uh i'm oh. pretty sure Gilneas is a high level zone and it's similar to uh the dark knight the uh, dark knight the death knight uh, the way they start out, they start out in an instance area, and that whole story, the storyline of how you um, are a subject of Arthas, and you actually get to talk to the Lich King and everything like that, and you're doing his bidding, and then everything turns around. You you never get to see that from the outside world. Oh, see, well, like that sucks if you can't like get like I, I mean for Destiny, I guess it makes sense, but like for the Worgen, it makes it it sucks if you can't go back to that stuff because. I don't know if it makes any it makes any difference for achievements, but Des and I like do like getting achievements. And me being a completionist, I would have wanted to explore that entire area before I left it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, Des missed a uh, a quest in there. Like, I got like a substantial XP boost for doing this one last quest that she like skipped by just jumping on the boat, like which kind of ends you from that area. And so I don't know if she can ever go back. I mean, at this point, it'd be low level for her anyway. But like. Right. Lore wise, might as well drop it. Yeah, well, no, she never got it. That's the point. Oh, she never um, got it. Yeah, like I got it and completed it and got this like big XP boost, which she didn't get. Um, but that's just because she rushed off. But also, like, there's just like this one specific area on the map that they don't send you to at all, and so we didn't go and explore there. And I feel like that's something I would have liked to have, you know, uncovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's slightly annoying. But otherwise, like all the other like stuff they added for Cataclysm, um, like doing quests on mounts and like you know almost like uh almost like fps style controls like moving around these like vehicles and uh bombarding things with like bombs or bullets or like glaives or whatever uh there's a lot of weird I didn't do that they did that in uh the death knight <laughs> thing too that was pretty fun oh, okay yeah like so there's like that i never did death knight stuff so this is all new to me and like they're interesting just the uh mechanics of the quest more than just you know it's a lot more interesting than go out and fetch you know, 10 X of whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I do like that stuff and it's, uh, I mean, if you're a wow person, if you've been out of the game for a while, uh, I think cataclysm is a, is a good time to come back in and try some of the new stuff. Cataclysm. <laughs> I wish I had seen that. I missed it when it was before, after it was taken down. Um, can you, can you enlighten me? Did you see it? Yeah. Obviously I saw it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It was this semi-attractive female uh, doing a YouTube review of Cataclysm, and she kept pronouncing it Cataclysm. <laughs> and, like, 
I don't know if it was supposed to be a serious thing or what. Like, I feel like if it was serious, it was just this hot girl who's like, I'm going to get myself like a million hits by talking yeah. about this World of Warcraft game. Um, but it could have also just been a joke. But either way, yeah, I, maybe it was serious because it did get pulled down. Um, so, yeah. When, when people probably started commenting, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't know how to pronounce this. Yeah, probably. But you're same. hot. I'm probably they were probably saying things like someone should put a dick in your mouth so you stop mispronouncing the word. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> knowing knowing the internet. Yeah. Knowing the internet. Um dick in a box in your mouth. But uh yeah, so if anybody is in WoW and wants to you know, come say hi to me, Al Edu or Dez, we are on Rivendare. Um oh, how convenient. Uh yeah. <laughs> Riven. Yeah, that's why me and Dez picked it to begin with, because we were like, Well that that name I guess that name makes sense <laughs> server wise. And uh yeah, you can find. Oh, actually, my name's not Riven on Riven Dare. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah, his, name, I have two his other... character's name is Crutches. Yeah, on the Horde side, my my <laughs> Crutches piece. My Torn Priest's name is Crutches. <laughs> yeah, well, my my uh my warrior's name is Beat Up. Beat Up. Yeah, beat up beat Crutches. Up. <sighs> Excuse me, you guys. And then on my Alliance side, my character's name is like Calamitous or something. So it's not Calamitas. Toss Calamitas. Calamitas. Anyway, what was that? I didn't hear it. No, nope, I don't what? do it again. That was, oh wow, that was beautiful. What? Huh? <laughs> You're stupid. I can always just uh, cut. I can always just copy and paste that over right. and over again, and we I think I will because it is overlong. We are now in evening time, almost. Yeah, the sky <laughs> yeah. is dark, and you have ten feet of snow. How's the snow over there in Boston, buddy? I don't know if you heard me. I just lifted my blinds. Those are my blinds. Um, oh, sexy. Do it again. The, I mean, the snow's piled pretty high, but... It looks I don't want to hear that. Do it again with the blinds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so what's up? What's, what's going on? I don't know. Where do you live, Al? I live in many places. You know what I'm asking which, about. <laughs> I know. One of which is the xlm2k.blogspot.com. xlm2k.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Where do you live, Petey? Oh, that's it? That's all you're promoting? Yeah. Um, uh, well, obviously, I guess maybe we'll do our Twitters at the end then. Uh, or do you... Just go. Al, Twitter dot... Do that, what, is, what is your Twitter? Say it real quick so I can say mine. Twitter.com slash DRedMage. Okay. And for me, I guess I don't really live there, but you can go to the Steam community. Uh, was it Steam community? www.steamcommunity.com slash groups slash Steam Boost or just search Steam Boost in the communities tab, S-T-E-A-M-B-O-O-S-T. Uh, I posted the second challenge. And for those who don't remember, this is a thing I'm doing where if you're a Steam member and you play games, you might as well join this community because you have a chance of winning games from Steam me that booty. I will gift you. Um, yeah, it's real simple. Go check it out. Uh, you can follow it uh, on twitter.com slash steam boost, or you can follow me twitter.com slash ribbon, R Y V V N graphite.org or something. I forgot. Well, if anybody knows like website coding stuff, get in touch with me. Cause website coding if stuff. If you want to build me a tracker achievement tracker, like giant bomb has, but just specifically for steam, I will actually pay someone to do that. Hmm. But you have yeah. to actually be able to build it. Good. <laughs> it's out coding book. Um, <laughs> Al, tell the folks how to find Vuelo Letal on Amazon.com because I actually can't find it. Search for MP3 downloads. Rock of Wete. I totally didn't mention this last week, but Al's album cover is fucking awesome. I, I, I drew that. Wait, who no, drew it? I'm kidding. He did. I drew it. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Who did the album cover, Al? 
Um, well, no one drew it. Uh, it was comprised of several different things that my singer had gotten. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it was public domain, but if it was something he, like he had to pay for some graphics and he put them together himself. Either way, it's fucking sweet. Yeah, it's cool. We had oh, another one, but we couldn't I found really it. use it. I found it now that it's in... Because I was searching the entire site and it didn't bring it up. Yeah, it doesn't come up because um, it only comes up on the MP3. Like, if you look for the CD or look in the music section, it won't be there. You have to look in the MP3 downloads. But why wouldn't it come up even if I have all departments? Uh, probably not popular enough. That's crap. So, Vuelo Letal, V, as in vagina, U-E-L, as in labia, O, L-E-T-A-L. The two separate words, Vuelo Letal. Choose the MP3 download section. I'm going to search the barcode on Google and see if it comes up. It does. You oh, can catch me. You can also at... search for an. Oh, sorry. You can no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. iTunes or Zoom, uh, Rocafuerte or Vuela Letal. Uh, Vuela Letal doesn't really come up on Zoom. I don't have iTunes, but I know that you can find it on both. For those of you who don't know, because you don't know Spanish, when he says Rocafuerte punto com, that means dot com. So if you haven't figured that out yet, figure it out. Musica punto com. Oh, I'm sorry. Rocafuerte. What does Rocafuerte even mean? Rock hard rock. strong. Oh, hard, hard rock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is? Did you? You said what? Vel, velo, le, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> Vuelo letal. Vuelo. It's the lethal flight. Oh, oh right. Here's okay. another thing. If you would like to know what our lyrics mean in English, you can visit my website or for the band at rocafuertemusica.com and click on musica, which means music. <laughs> and <laughs> you can find the lyrics. They're first in Spanish, and then under it is in English for all the songs on the album. Either the guy looks like he's about to do a leap of faith off the thing mm-hmm. in, in the album. He totally should. Al uh, looks yeah, really short his, compared to this other guy in the band. Yes, he's uh, my Tyrone. Son. Yeah, yeah. Tyrone. Tyrone's really tall. Yeah, um, like Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, that's tall. Al's pretty tall, and Al's tall. Yeah, Al is uh, all. Five you can see how tall Al is if you're going to Pax East. Yeah. So Wait, you can't no, actually. Al's not, not going to Pax East. You can see how short I am. Pax East. True. You see I'm how short leaning. I am and how normal Pete is. And I'm not how... normal. I'm short too. What the fuck? Aren't you like 5'8 or 5'7? Are you taller than me? I'm like 5'7, five, five, but oh, I don't so... know if that's normal because I feel short. I think that's normal. Goodbye, think... everybody. Are we still listening to this bullshit? <laughs> hey, everybody. You can find us at trygames.net. And if you haven't found us at trygames.net, I think you should go there. Trygames.net. You can also go to www.sharkversusoctopus.com and other shit. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. Al. What? Pete. <laughs> Steam Boost. What up? You okay. guys should join it too. So my my, my name is, is Chupon, and at the end of the day, uh, the hy- Hyperbowl is done, and we're gone. You, know, you could just say... There's at the end a, of the day... Say at um, the end of the day... What it's worth, or... Um, you know, for what is worth is a completely different saying. To or and so they're just is, as metaphorically retarded. And how about the three dancing, two laughing, one. Calabatus, 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 Calabatus. Oh, <laughs> my